What's up, my nerds? Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. This week is a very special episode. Jefferson Salamander and I are going to talk all the way through Star Trek The Next Generation Season 5. This episode marks of a first for this podcast. We broadcast this live on Facebook while we recorded it. So for the first time ever, uh, listeners could actually follow along and chat with us during the conversation. So we did our best to read all of the chat messages that came through during the live stream. It was super fun. I had such a blast uh, recording this with Jeff. And I'm so grateful that people were watching and and chatting with us the whole time. It's great. I know you're going to love this episode. We're going to talk through every single episode in Season 5 of TNG. So set your phasers to stun, because here we go. We're here. What's uh, what's uh, that's not a word. Yeah, what's, <laughs> it's what's sci-fi what live. Sci-fi this is the first live. time the we've first ever done one. this. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I got to be your first twice. You're my first twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking all the way through Star Trek: The Next Generation season five. Correct. So for the last year and a half, you and I have been talking through Next Generation one season at a time. One season at a time. Every couple of months. Every yeah. I mean, this time was this last time was a, a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, we, it keeps yeah. getting longer and longer. But we're mm-hmm. doing it. We're gonna make it all the way we're through. We're doing it. I did. I just finished season five, not but half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, you like sat in a coffee shop down the street and yeah, crammed analog coffee, which is really amazing. Yeah, I love that place. And then you are a uh, very. Open with your phone number. So if yeah. anyone wants to call in, you can call, call this number. And talk about Star Trek. I could put you on a speakerphone. You and, can call And you can Jeff. call us. Call me. 424-744-6231. I am Jefferson Salamander. Local person. <laughs> Existing. Nice. Hanging out. You know. I hope that's like your your Facebook like tag local person. Local person. Yeah. I'm also like kind of high. Yeah. Full disclosure. (laughs) So Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're like a you're a performer. You're a singer. You're a event. Person. I'm in in a band called His Many Colored Fruit. You guys should check us out because we're so good. And you, so good. your lipstick and uh, eyeliner game is on point. Thanks. It's some hot shit. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm Jesse Mercury. I'm a fucking nerd. I mean, yeah. so I didn't even have to decorate my apartment for this live stream because I already had a Star Trek blanket on my couch. My mom made me this. She just found this giant piece of Star Trek fabric and made a blanket out uh-huh. of it. And it's like my new yeah. favorite thing. And I have like my Star Trek posters up here, and I'm wearing my Star Trek T-shirt. Oh wow! That's, you are a nerd. That's just a normal I day just for tried me. Tried to wear like alien lipstick. Nice, <laughs> nicely done. Thanks. So let's talk about TNG season five. What are your initial impressions? And we we have to mention that you've never watched the show before. I've never I'm seen like a yeah. super super nerdy for life Star Trek person. I've been watching since I was a little Nuh-uh. kid. <laughs> and then you're like watching through for the first time and I'm so excited yeah. about it because I just want to like hear all about what it's like to see for the first time. Um 
I really enjoyed season five. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And I'm pretty sure you showed me a bunch of those episodes already because I definitely saw the Darmok one. Yeah. And I definitely saw like a bunch of them. But it was great to like go back and revisit it within the content like see it in context order. of the rest of the show. So, um, so yeah, there's some of my favorite ones that I didn't remember were in season five were in that in season five. So, um, yeah, I had some favorites. Of course, Darmok is like... That's is that the one? Am I saying that correct? Yeah, Darmok. Yeah, ah, uh, that one was so good, and um, yeah, that that's... one sticks out. The game sticks out to oh, in nice. my mind. I love the game. Um, and uh, I actually like like the ones with Alexander. I thought I hated them at first, but <laughs> I actually really like them. <laughs> yeah, seeing Worf be a bad yeah. dad is yeah, interesting. It's really cool for such like an optimistic yeah. vision of the future to have one of your main characters be like a terrible father. I thought was a really interesting yeah, choice. Exactly, watching him struggle through and fail at being a father and like trying to instill Klingon values into Alexander was super interesting. Yeah, but he's so like stubborn and like such a like little wuss sometimes Worf like Worf <laughs> he is not that tough like yeah. <laughs> he kind of pisses me off I'm like dude settle down you are always complaining you're always bitching about something <laughs> they like go out of their way to uh like we've talked about this before but every time they try to make someone look strong they have them beat up Worf <laughs> <laughs> every time and he's because he's like the big strong person he's supposed to be yeah like a big deal yeah but when tasha yar was security chief that shit didn't go down you know like tasha yar beat up everyone who ever like was, stepped up to her so great i miss her as tasha yar yeah well speaking of tasha yar let's jump into the let's jump in the first episode of the season redemption part two where uh denise crosby who played tasha yar comes back yeah as sila I don't know how I felt about any of that. Really? I don't care about it at all. I for some reason that whole arc did like meant nothing to me. Interesting. I just don't I I'm starting to realize in this season that like I don't really like the two parters ever. Really? As, as much. There are things I like about them, but I never really end up liking the two parters. Why is that? Do you th is it because <clears throat> they stretch the story out in a way you yeah, don't like? It's just the pacing is bad. It's not enough content for two episodes most huh. of the time. I feel, and like I don't know. I just or, or I might. You know what? More likely than not, my attention span is not what it needs to be for something that's that long. I already have trouble with 45-minute episodes nowadays. <laughs> and, like, stretching a story to more than one 45-minute episode, I'm like, no! Crazy. I'll say that uh, the cliffhangers, there's, like, two cliffhangers in a row. There's the beginning of season four and the beginning of season five where the mm -hmm. second half is maybe not quite as strong as the first half. Right. Like Best of Both both Worlds Part 1 was fucking incredible. And Part 2, it just kind of like diffused the tension in a way that... Which one was that? That's when uh, Locutus of Borg, when Picard is taken over by oh, the Borg. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. again, I don't... <laughs> and I, yeah, like, like I, I love it, but I, I like don't. the first half better. Yeah. I, and then with Redemption... Uh, parts one and two. I've always liked it, but I, it's not like on my favorites list. I mean, I like yeah. it a lot. I when I was a kid and and Sela showed up, I was like, "Oh damn, <laughs> what's yeah. going on?" Uh, and I liked. I could see how that's like that would be exciting. And I like the beginning when you have Worf. Like he Worf resigns his commission at the end of season four, yeah. and then in season five, it starts out with this uh, battle I, where I where didn't Worf believe is like for a second that was gonna stick. Just yeah, FYI, I like, know, and it's a little frustrating that yeah. they they barely <laughs> they barely do it. Yeah. You know, like he's barely 
off of the ship. He's, he's like, off the back ship for in the like next a, episode. Like, just for like a summer, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he spent his summer gallop- gallivanting around with Kern and, yeah. <laughs> and arguing with his brother, and then he comes back to the Enterprise. He like, spent a summer abroad. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, what is that? What the, It's like birthright. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like playing on birthright. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, but I still, I still. I mean, I like it. It's like there's nothing about yeah. it I dislike. I really like when Sila comes on board the Enterprise and tells the backstory about how she came to be, because mm-hmm. uh, it's a really fucking tragic story. Yeah. Like uh, so, and it ties into the continuity so well. When you have that uh, episode in season, was it season three, Yesterday's Enterprise, where Tasha comes back for an episode in an alternate reality and then get, goes back in time in the alternate reality, but somehow comes back to the prime reality when she goes back in time and gives birth to uh, to Sila, who's half Romulan. Yeah. And then it's played by the same actress years later, and she's like, everything that was human about me died that day. So she's just this... This yeah, I, wa- I just I didn't everyone. buy it. I didn't really? buy it. I just did Aww. not. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I think it's just because I know that like they just wrote in. Like, it just feels shoehorned to me, you know, like, I, I don't know. I didn't enjoy that as much. Yeah. Um. And she's not Tasha, you know, maybe, right. maybe it's just like, I'm just like, no, that's not right. Because <laughs> you, you love Tasha. I really did love her. Like, I was so upset, you know, yeah. so like, yeah. So seeing this like pale imitation of Tasha yeah, is not good like, enough for you. Yeah, this is lame. <laughs> yeah. Like, Whereas I'm just it. like, hey, Tasha's back in a weird way. What's mm-hmm. happening? I love Star Trek. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That's my yeah. reaction. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, like Worf, there's all this uh, intrigue with the, the, the Duras family. I have my reservations. I, I like say it. That, but, I like but, it. But yeah, it's fine. It was enough to keep me sucked in. So yeah. we're good on that. Episode two is called Darmok. Darmok is one of my favorite episodes oh. of all time of anything. It's so fucking good. That's such a beautiful episode. I yeah. like cried. And I, I showed you Darmok <laughs> to convince you to watch The Next Generation yeah. like way back yeah. when. So I had forgotten what season that was in. So I was like, ooh, when I saw that one, I was like, I know this one, but I didn't skip it. I just like went ahead and watched it. Yeah. So the basic premise of Darmok is that. All right. All right. Uh, Good. This is like so distracting. This is the episode where it's beautiful. Captain Picard is abducted by these aliens who uh, speak in something that seems like it's, you know, translatable by the universal translators but it's coming out in this like garbled mess like words don't seem to make any sense they're in random order uh they're they seem to be just talking about like like pronouns that don't mean anything to yeah. anyone else and they can't really understand each other they're called the t- the tamarians i believe let me check that the tamarians the tamarians. tamarians yeah they're called the tamarians so the tamarians just kidnap picard and they beam him down to the surface of this planet with the captain of their ship uh and then he's just like, oh, my God, I've been abducted. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. So they keep like being like, we should hit him. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's fight. Them. Worf yeah. wants to fight because yeah. he's Worf and he wants to fight. Uh, but while on the planet, Captain Picard realizes that this other captain, Captain Dathan, has actually brought him there so they could learn to communicate with each other. Uh, the Temerians only speak through metaphor. So they have to go through a shared experience in order to have a frame of reference to talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, so he brings them, uh, Dathan brings Picard down to this planet. They fight this beast that's on the planet. And in so doing, they learn how to communicate with each other through metaphor. Yeah. And it's beautifully written. 
It's, it's really pretty. It's amazing. Yeah. My favorite thing about this episode is that they kind of make up a language for it. And by the end of the episode, you actually understand the language. I mean, Picard comes back up on the bridge at the end. Dathan actually sacrifices yeah. his life uh, in a very frustrating scene where Picard is trying to be like the, the crewmates are trying to beam Picard back up to the ship. And he's trying to fight the monster while Dathan's fighting the monster. And then Dathan gets mortally wounded. Uh, but then... When Picard finally gets back up to the Enterprise at the end, he's able to communicate with the Temerians. And you understand what he's saying, even though it's another language, basically. And it's yeah. it's one of my favorite moments in TV where, like, by going through this journey with these characters, you understand something new. Dermak and Jalad at Tanagra. Dermak and Jalad on the ocean. So Kaf, his eyes open! The beast of Tanagra. Uzani, his army. Chaka, when the walls fell. Yeah, it's it's really, I, yeah, I just also just really love the nature of their language, like the speaking in metaphors. Totally. Thing, um, because a lot of it relies on like the inflections as well. Like you have to, I don't know how they can write down that kind of language because a lot of times like the inflections are like a big part of the meaning of the particular metaphor they're using to yeah. communicate something. Totally. Um, but yeah, it was really pretty. Um, just to, Picard's like a genius, of course. So yeah, <laughs> figured it all out. Hi, Tiffin. Tiffin's, Tiffin's watching. Oh, cool. And if you, we're watching the chat. So if you have anything to add, oh, hit J- us up. J for Jeff. How did you know? No, I'm just oh. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Next episode is called Ensign Roe. The Enterprise takes on Ensign Roe Laren to help track down Bajoran terrorists who attacked a Federation colony. So she had been on an earlier episode, right? The actress Michelle Forbes was on an episode at the end of season four uh, where she played, I think, what was his name? Timis- Timison, the, the guy that... Waxana Troy was supposed to, wanted to marry, but he was dying, and she tried to convince him not to not to die because he was killing himself because he right. reached a certain age in the society. Yeah, and Michelle Forbes played his daughter, and that was like episodes ago. But that know? was but this is the first uh, Ensign Row episode that yeah. there is. Okay, so I think she's a different you'd character. Shown you this one before, right? I think I'd shown you Disaster with Ensign Row in it. Yeah, or something. I didn't really like her that much, and then like as this season has progressed, and like she's in more episodes, I like like her a lot now. She's okay. really cool. Did you see the look of absolute shock on my face? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were horrified at that. But I no, was she's horrified. Really, she's really cool, but yeah. She she was just like being so petulant in this episode where I was like, dude, just like shut the fuck up. And- oh man, I love Ensign Row. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had the biggest crush of on Ensign Row. Of course Ro. you did. <laughs> She's just like doesn't take no shit from nobody. She's pretty rad. I I like her fucking wicked earpiece. Yeah, like that cool like jewelry thing she wears. I actually love this episode. Yeah. It's like a really complicated episode about um like making mistakes. And asking for forgiveness and then also, like, trying to change. Yeah. Um, and she was willing to. Yeah, but also she still, like, being be yourself. To. And, like, yeah. holding on to the things of yourself that are important to you. Because, uh, I mean, Ensign Roe wants to wear her Bajoran earring. And that's, like, the, the button at the end of the episode mm-hmm. that she gets to 
express her own faith through her earring, uh, being a Bajoran person. And this episode sets up so much for the rest of Star Trek. I mean, all of Deep Space Nine focuses around the bajoran Cardassian conflict that's really introduced in this episode. And actually, in... Uh, in Deep Space Nine, they were originally going to have Michelle Forbes play Ensign Rowe instead of having Kira, uh, Kira Narice on the show. But Michelle Forbes didn't want to commit to a series. So they just put someone else in that role and changed the name. And it took them, I feel like it took them a couple of years to really make Kira Narice her own character. And I love her in the last half of Deep Space Nine. But in the first half, I'm just like, man, I wish they'd gotten Michelle Forbes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I totally come around to Kira in the end. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, oh, Trisha says, I first saw her in Battlestar Galactica. It took me a while to get over that. Oh. Yeah, she's she's that it's like jerk captain of that other ship like in Battlestar. Alternate universe sort of stuff. Totally. I was so excited when she showed up in Battlestar. I was like, fuck yeah. I, I get really excited when Michelle Michelle Forbes shows up anywhere. Yeah, she guess, was on True Blood on season two. It was awesome. I've never seen that show. It's it's very up and down, but it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. I actually went to a Star Trek convention and saw Michelle Forbes like give a talk, which was super cool. And like talk about being the character and uh, being on the show. And I was just like, I love you, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're like. Oh, and also, like this episode sets up the relationship between Guinan and Ensign Rowe. Yeah, I love any episodes with Guinan in it. Totally. She's great. Yeah, and that's gonna come back in the episode uh, Rascals, which I don't think you've seen yet. That I'm so excited for you to watch. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> Rascals, you'll remember. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Episode four, Silicon Avatar. The Enterprise gives chase to the crystalline entity after it destroys a Federation colony. A xenologist who has a motivation all her own with respect to the crystalline entity is assigned to the Enterprise to assist in the investigation. (laughs) That stupid bitch. Right. Tell me. So, what do you think about this one? Um, it was cool. She was really intense. I like how she came around on data, but only because she ended up just like going nuts for hearing her son again. Yeah. Like, she reminded me of Dr. Pulaski with her relationship with data. Yeah. She was just like super bitchy about it, but she had like personal reasons. Right. Um, Cause you've got like, she's got the memories of her son because when he uh, was made, he was given all the memories of the colonists on, yeah. um, Oh my God. I'm forgetting the name of the planet. Was it Omicron? No, that's from Futurama. <laughs> that's well, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, Omicron Percy I ate. Oh, I was gonna say Omicron Theta. Maybe uh. it's in both. <laughs> Wait, let's find out. No, what is, what is Data's planet? What is Data's planet? Oh yeah, we have the internet called? with us. Omicron Theta. Yeah. Oh, shit. Interesting. I never put that cool. together. Futurama was ripping that off of. Star Trek. Well, I mean, they rip off a lot from Star Trek and it's wonderful and I love it. Yeah. Uh, so this episode is like, okay. I'm not super wild about yeah. it. The the intro scene where you're down on the planet and Riker's hitting on that girl and then they all get killed was <laughs> awkward. I feel like awkward. we're getting into the years where it's like slightly less believable that, yeah. uh, <laughs> that Riker's like this ladies man that every girl in the galaxy wants to bone, you know? I'm not over it. No, you're not I, over it? I still would. I still would. That's awesome. <laughs> For sure. Hey, Mark's watching. What's up, Mark? Justin. Hey, which one? What's up, Justin? This is exciting. This is fun. I like this. Um... 
So yeah, so I was, I was. Yeah, like, then she dies, and he's like sad about it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. It was weird. It was funny. <laughs> and then this woman asked Data to speak with her son's voice because he has her son's memories, and it's like, and it's some real psycho it's, shit. It's it's like, rough. Psycho it's, the movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, but like, what would you? Hi, Mark. <laughs> Mark says hi. I mean, what would you do? In that situation, if you had if you had the opportunity to speak to your dead son through an android, would you take it? I don't know. I've I've never I don't I've never had a son. So yeah, that's a that's a tough question for old Audrey. Yeah, to face. I um, I probably but no. You know, I just was. You know, I'm just not down with her like killing the crystalline entity. Like. <laughs> They had a reason. Oh my God! Is it Miles? Miles. Is Miles going to be on the podcast? Miles wants to sit. Ra ra Didn't Riker Good hit boy. on anything with a pulse? Yes, absolutely, Mark. <laughs> That's why I like him. Because <laughs> he 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 sees that all women are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Riker's like hitting on style creeps me out a little bit. He's just like. I don't know. I, I can't just, even replicate I it. Don't, I, I have a track record of like liking creeps. So I think that. <laughs> <laughs> so you like Riker because he's a creep? Yeah, I, I might have. Oh, buddy. I might have a creep thing with him. Miles, Miles loves to just like get into a situation and then just like lay his body all over it in a way that's like a little a little awkward. You're good now, kiddo. Trisha. Okay, let's move on. Uh, episode five. We're fucking moving right along. Disaster. Fuck yeah. Fucking love this episode. What happens in it again? A quantum filament disables the Enterprise, leaving Commander Troy in command of the, leaving <sighs> Counselor Troy in command of the bridge. I love this. And various groups episode. on different parts of the ship are facing perils alone. I yeah. love it. This episode is fucking I rad. I love it. Troy like really does some cool shit. Um. You know, she's unsure of herself, but she sticks to her guns like really well. Um, and I love that. And I just love seeing this is the one where Picard Picard's stuck in the turbo lift with or all whatever, the kids. With yeah. The kids, right. Totally. Oh, so good. The totally. way he ends up like really learning how to deal with children. It's really great. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. Trisha, hey, Trisha just said thing? that. Uh, Trisha, yeah. are you referring to the you'd ask to like hear your son's voice? I'd probably ask, but it comes off as pretty, as uh, pretty sad, sadly, sadly desperate, desperate as, as a, watcher. a watcher. So you, yeah, it's interesting because, like, I don't know if I were in that situation, I might ask. I'd like to think that I would let the past go and be able to move on. Because, like, at, here, watching watching Data speak with like the voice of someone that you've loved that has died would be so fucking terrifying. Yeah, she says definitely, definitely. Yeah. Trisha would do it. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. What I'd do. I don't know if I could. No, I probably definitely would, right? Really? I don't what know. What if I died and Data had my memories? Would you want to hear my voice come out of Data? I don't know, man. It's creepy. You know, what, you know what I would do? I would say, hey, Data, can you like record something and give it to me? And I don't want to watch you talk. I, I think seeing, seeing it come out of his mouth was the part that kind of unsettled yeah. me. So maybe if he could like, record something from his journal entry that I could have right as just just to have I think that'd be special see you don't need that for me because I've got like hundreds of hours of me on the internet so I guess I wouldn't ask if it were you yeah Trish or Tiffin Tiffin says says yes yes. also 
All right. Cool. I guess I, think, I, I think, guess we're all on the same page. I feel that. like I'm getting more empathetic yeah. towards this woman because she just like they're yeah, trying to learn how on, to communicate dude. with the crystalline entity, and she just destroys it. She like uh, shakes it so yeah. she gives it like shaken baby syndrome and it explodes. <laughs> that was, that's terrible. That's terrible. And <laughs> the words of Charles Barkley. That's terrible on, on the clerk's cartoons. I'm gonna um, take off my jacket really awkwardly. There's Ugh. an app that does that. There's an app that like oh that recreates. People's like Is that a voices? Black Mirror reference? That might be a Black Mirror reference. Is that? I think it is. I think it is. Um, hmm. Well, anyway, so Disaster. We moved on and then we went back. Okay. Disaster is one of my all-time favorites because... Someone's you, texting me. You get to see the crew in all these different situations that you've never seen them in before. Yeah. Like Riker and Data. Riker and Data are paired up and they're like crawling through Jeffrey's tubes. Data has to use his body to stop this electrical current. And then they take his head off so they can go down to engineering. And I just <laughs> love it. And then like Riker's fiddling around inside of Data's head and he like pokes this one. Hi, Andrew node. Lee Creech. Andrew! What's Hello. up, Andrew? Welcome. What's up, dude? Welcome to the patty. <laughs> um, um, so, like, seeing Data's head on the table and then Riker, like, fiddling with it and Data's like, not not like that, sir. And I was like, uh, <laughs> that's the wrong port. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Locate the ODM conduit, sir. Got it. Yes, sir. You must now change the input matrix of my secondary optical port and then connect the ODM conduit. That is not the correct port, sir. Sorry. And Chief O'Brien on the bridge, like, holding the shit down. Such a great episode. I love Chief O'Brien. And then Counselor Troy, like, feeling kind of unsure of herself, but knowing that it's her responsibility to take command and that she can't And she give won't it up. have those people's lives on her conscience if she can avoid it. Evan! Know? What's up, Evan? Hello! Um, yeah. You're beautiful, Andrew. Aw, thanks. <laughs> um, thanks. Man, chat is adding a whole new element to podcasting yeah, that's very great. distracting, but I um, like yeah, a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> it's great. Um, so uh, one thing, okay, so I know we keep backtracking, but one thing about the first episode of this that yeah. I kept meaning when I was watching it to mention, that's the one where Data has a ship, right? Oh, my God, I forgot. Oh, my God, I love that so Dude, much. Dude, okay, that's so, so that's what turned me around. I was like, yeah. I remember I had something to say about this episode. Totally. But the whole scene with Data assuming command of a ship and yeah. like, oh, man. Oh, that was so good. It was so good. Was so good. I kept going, face, <laughs> face. There's like that horrible <laughs> asshole that fucking guy. He's like second in command. He's like, yeah. you can't possibly understand humans because you're an android. Yeah, you're, you know, like you don't, you don't know what we're about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. The, uh, but he Data was, saves the day because he, he realizes, so he realizes that there's like this Romulan that's happening and he figures out their strategy yeah. and he defies direct orders and like tells everyone else to shut the fuck up and saves the day and it's fucking yeah. badass as shit oh dude and he like yells Ooh, i love it yeah uh, it also like it, i love me some data i know dude. i love him too yeah. but i actually like i can totally understand the point of view of the asshole guy in this in this episode because he's I like don't. i don't want to be commanded by a machine that can't like feel 
uh, I understand where he's coming from, you know? Like, when you think about, uh, like, what if, what if they make a robotic president? I mean, that would be better than what we have now. But what if, like, the fate of everyone in the country is put into a robot's hands? Like, that might be better. It might not be better. I don't know. We just don't have any... We don't we're not have talking any, about just any robot. I mean, I get right, what totally. you're saying, but like, this is Because data. we know data, yeah. we're on his side. <laughs> but this guy doesn't know data. You know, he's coming to the situation where he's being told to trust But that's an how Android. you combat... That's how, I guess, you know... It just goes the show with any bigotry, like not understanding somebody is what makes you hate them. Totally. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I've been reading uh, The Complete Robot by Isaac Asimov, like all of his robot stories. And I've always been such a big lover of just like artificial intelligence yeah. as a story device. And I just love getting to know and love artificial intelligent, artificially intelligent characters. Yeah. Because I grew up with data. But then reading this story and you have like all different aspects of artificial intelligence. And when it goes wrong, it can go wrong in such a big way uh, in all these Asimov stories. So it started to make me think about like, yeah, I understand why you wouldn't trust artificial intelligence. Maybe yeah. you've been burned before. Maybe you had a toaster that was artificially intelligent and it fucked up your toast on purpose every day just to fuck with you. Oh my God. Wouldn't, that, if, be, wouldn't that make you is mad? Is my toaster <laughs> doing that? Does your toaster fuck up your toast every day? We'll it's probably doing that. later. Yeah. Uh, so back to disaster, seeing Chief O'Brien in like a prominent role, I always love that. And then Picard with the kids is kind of like the heart of this episode because Picard does not it is like so kids. so cute. Yeah. It and is so cute. Seeing, so cute. Seeing like the clever ways that everyone on board is dealing with this disaster. Oh, this is the episode where um, where uh, Molly O'Brien is born. Yeah. Worf, Worf delivers her in 10 forward. Yeah. And he's like, this is not how my simulations were, blah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so much cool stuff happens in this episode. Yeah, it's fucking great. I mean, they really know their characters mm-hmm. at this point, And they're doing such a good job of like celebrating the just like all the different aspects of character that all these people have putting them in, in awkward, weird, unusual situations and seeing how they react. Yeah. Like seeing Picard on the planet in Darmok, seeing him go through anger to understanding, to friendship with someone he can't even speak the same language with. It's, it's just fucking wonderful. Um, I also just love in this whole season actually, but I noticed it a lot in this episode, like women talking to each other about anything other than men. Which oh. happens a lot in Star Trek, but yeah. you know, I just have really been noticing a, li- yeah, it a lot lately. Good point. It's like, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Uh, Andrew says technology progresses faster than humans. So, what does progress look like in terms of intersectionality, social justice, equity when it's separated from human emotion and placed in the hands of tech? Holy shit! Whoa, what a great nice. comment. What does happen, Andrew? I don't know. You have to tell me. Yeah, and then, Andrew, Courtney, call, call us, Andrew. That's actually a very interesting point. Yeah. You should call us. Call if you us. Can. We'll put you. We'll put you on on the. We'll put, we'll put you, you on, on speaker. speaker. And we'll put you in. Um, and then, that's really that's a great response. Courtney says you two are great, which Aww. is also a great comment. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you. <laughs> I miss you, Courtney. I haven't seen you in so long. Uh, I haven't seen you since the first time I saw you. Um, so that should happen again. <laughs> yeah, come to Seattle. Come yeah. to Seattle. We'll watch more Star Trek. Um, but yeah, Andrew, if you have a moment to call us, please do, because that's that brings up a really great point. So what does progress look like in terms of intersectionality, social justice, equity, when it's separated from human emotion and placed in the hands of tech? Hmm. I feel like it looks like Barack Obama. <laughs> I feel like uh, in my in my optimistic view of the future, 
the reason I love Obama so much is he's this like reasoned, rational person who makes all of his decisions based off of looking at the bigger picture. And I'd like to think that artificial intelligence would be that way. There's a there's a great YouTube video about AI that I need to show you. Yeah. And it just shows all these different outcomes where we always just end up dying. And it's like for like statistical reasons. Oh, like, no. <laughs> oh, no. So like, I, I I wish that I were a smarter person that remembered things ever because I know I wish so that all the time about myself. Also, <laughs> I would love to tell you more about it, but I'll, I'll post a link in the video to the video later. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm so excited about this next episode uh episode what are we on episode six the game oh that freaking creepy orgasm game the orgasm game coming everywhere <laughs> it's like it's 42 minutes of watching everyone that you've watched for five years come yeah <laughs> it's fucking They're crazy jerking off like, it's, crazy. it's crazy so wesley crusher wesley crusher visits the enterprise only to see everyone behaving strangely on account of an addictive mind-controlling game the next guy I'm trying so to get to weird. sleep with me, I'm going to ask him to put his disc in my horn. Oh, my God. I'd really like it if you put your disc <laughs> in my horn. high as fuck dude. that's so funny <laughs> oh, oh man God. it's so good that is hilarious oh, um <laughs> okay so this <sighs> is the one where Riker again getting some strange on i uh, probably on i think he's on risa isn't he he's getting some strange from some random woman yeah who's uh being really obnoxious they're like playing games She's with each other so she throws annoying. his tri or tricorders throws his communication commu i can't speak english I'm still, I'm still stuck on put your disc in my horn. <laughs> uh, so she like gives him this game. She throws his communicator out the window is what I'm trying to say. She gives him this game that he plays that uh, when he beats the first level, it like releases orgasm feeling into his brain. Yeah, so he's and he like, gets addicted uh, to it. Uh, yeah, like you play this game once, it makes you come in your pants and then you're addicted to it. Yeah. Is pretty much what's happening. Right. So he brings it back to the ship. He replicates a bunch and everyone starts playing it. And... Uh, at the same time, Wesley Crusher comes to visit, and then we also meet Robin Leffler, maybe one of the best like one-off guest appearances by anyone on Star Trek, played by Ashley Judd. Oh yeah, she's adorable, she was so cute. Leffler's Laws. She was so well written. She had so much character, and you just feel like you know her so well. She was so cute. Like, just and their kiss at the end was so weird. Was it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a little. But it weird. was. It's cute though. Yeah, it's cute that it was weird. But they're like an adorable couple. Yeah, and they're, exactly. They're going through, it was cute that it was like, weird. Infatuation like, it really with was. each other. She's heard all yeah. these stories about him and his birthmark at the Starfleet Academy. And it's adorable. But they kind of realize that something is going wrong uh, with the game. And then they try <laughs> to investigate it. And then everyone else is trying to get them to. Typical Riker causing problems via Lil Riker. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, um, Riker, I'm glad he didn't get command of a ship for, for this whole time. Because yeah. he would like make rash decisions made by his penis all the time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I haven't read the. The book series Titan, where he has his own ship, but I think he's married to Troy at that point. So maybe, maybe, maybe marrying Troy is what married? maybe that's what like makes him ready to uh, command. Is because I don't know, but I can't imagine they're probably Polly. I can't imagine Riker just fucking one person. I don't know. I feel like he could. You think so? Yeah. 
but maybe I just think that because like I want to feel like he can change. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Well, Riker and Troy, if you're watching, let us know. <laughs> let us know. Call us at this phone number. Yeah. Uh, what's <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if uh, Riker called us and was like, wow, yeah. everything I thought about the world is different. Yeah. So the the one scene that always sticks out to me in this episode is when Wesley comes into his mom's quarters and she's playing the game and she's like having this orgasmic experience in yeah. front of her son. Yeah, that was like and it weird. it creeps me the fuck yeah, out. I didn't like that. Mom? Wesley. <sighs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm a... Uh embarrassed to say this was meant for you but it was so much fun i couldn't resist but i love this i love this episode whenever i watch through the show when i get to this episode i'm just so happy i'm just so excited it's like thank god i'm here again because i love it (laughs) miles you're gonna you're gonna sorry you want to get on the computer (laughs) yes adam that is miles sleeping on my lap this is not this is not this is not what my penis looks like this is a dog sitting on my lap it is though Shh. <laughs> hi kayla kayla's here what's up kayla kayla, kayla and tiffin are, are here are here in spirit if not in person yeah as always which is awesome okay moving on to episode seven unification part one so this is another two-parter interestingly oh, okay this is yeah. the first two-parter in the middle of a season of next generation oh really yeah M- normally all the two-parters have been uh like cliffhangers yeah 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 and me getting or like farpoint which was like a two-parter to start the show off so this is the first one in the middle of the season uh this is uh according to memory alpha to the federation's surprise ambassador spock has traveled to romulus fearing he is defected they send captain picard and some of his officers on a covert mission to determine why so for my money as far as two-parters go so far on the show this one is the most successful at having like a gripping first half and like a gripping second half with a with an interesting conclusion right. uh, where the whole first half, you're just like, oh, my God, Spock, Spock is involved in something. And they just say his name over and over. But you don't see him until like the last seconds of the episode. You get the death of Sarek, which is like just awful because uh, Picard and Sarek have this really intense, close relationship after yeah. they had that mind meld experience uh, earlier on in the show. Um, and then like traveling to traveling to Romulus on the ship the klingon ship and steven root is one of the klingons yeah i like so good. i like that part um there were things that i liked about this episode i just couldn't like focus for i think yeah. it's just my i think i just have add dude you're just too much of a, of a stoner to <laughs> like, focus on like, star trek this is taking so long like what's happening like, yeah oh my god but what, what about like when they're sleeping on the klingon ship and uh they give that them just so like funny. flat metal beds that was really and, and it was one Dana's bed just staring and just at staring at Data, what are you looking at? I'm not looking at anything, sir. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> well, that, can you do it in another direction? <laughs> I liked parts about it, um, and I did like seeing Spock. That was cool. It was so cool, and um, seeing Data and Picard dressed as Romulans was yeah. super cool. Like um, going to meet Pardek. Yeah, for and the, the most part, I can't even remember most of what happened because I was having so much trouble focusing on something like that. It's a very political episode. Yeah, and I just, you know, I I just like my. TV short and like yeah. now nowadays. This this episode old. was like Star Trek pornography to me. Like <laughs> Spock's there, Sarek's there. Two of your main characters are dressed as other aliens, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, <laughs> and then like it's just this complex, tangled 
political plot that makes perfect sense to me. And then it ends up with uh, Sila coming back and they have to make that hologram ah. to hide behind like the wall. And it was like this I think tricky I hate thing her, that you dude. wouldn't expect. I think I hate her. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Sila, so uh, I know I've talked to you about the Star Trek The Next Generation porn parody. I know I've mentioned this to you, right? Probably. So there's, they made a porn parody in which they bring back uh, Tasha Yar. Like they, but they make it fit in continuity and they address all of the, the weird shit that happened in continuity with Tasha going back in time and, and dying. Like they, they address all of it and they make it fit, fit perfectly in continuity. And then she and Data fuck. <laughs> it's very great. It's like very satisfying. I want to, yeah, I want to see that. I would I, like to see that. There is a version that's been edited so you don't have to watch the fucking because the fucking is like, okay. It's not like but, good porn, uh, but like the sets are pretty decent. <laughs> Um, you see like Ensign Rowe and Worf working out and then fucking, which is super random. Um, I want to see it. I really want to see that. I'm just, I I own it. I downloaded it. Okay. Let's watch it later. We should do a live commentary for the podcast someday. Do all Vulcans have names that start with S and end with K? Uh, no. Because we got to Paul, to Pow. No. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe in Spock's family. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe it's a family thing. Yeah. Yeah. To Paul, my my two biggest crushes in Star Trek are to Paul and Ensign Rowe. People that I would just want to get married to. <laughs> Do I have anyone? Data. Data. Yeah. Just See, to Paul has no emotions. So you and I both yeah. attract to people with no emotions. Interesting. But like he seems like maybe he could change. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe I could change him. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, Unification Part One was also the episode that had the uh, the dedication to Gene Roddenberry, who had just passed away. Oh, so Gene Roddenberry hadn't been super involved in the show for a, a little while at this point. I mean, by by season three, I'm pretty sure he was pretty much non-active because of his health. Uh, and if you want to learn more about this, watch Chaos on the Bridge on Netflix. Fucking awesome documentary about getting Star Trek started, uh, Next Generation, that's actually hosted by William Shatner. And it was awesome. I loved it. Oh, tight. It was so fucking cool. Uh, but, it, but at this point, I mean, he, ha- he has passed away, the founder of Star Trek. And they have the, they have the dedication for him on the beginning of that episode, which I was totally which missed really nice. that. Wow. I'm just so sad. You've made me so sad. I'm sorry, Jesse. I'm not that sad. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? Uh, next is A Matter of Time. A time traveler claiming to be from the 26th century arrives to witness an attempt to save a doomed planet. This fucking episode, dude. So good. So the first thing he says, right? I audibly said bullshit. <laughs> the first, he's like, what? The first thing, like, um, mentioned that he makes of being from the future. I just go bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like out loud, I was like, I'm calling bullshit on that. Um. So you never bought it for a second. Well, what was surprising was that he was a time traveler. He just wasn't from the future. Yeah. So it did end up surprising me a little bit. But like, I was like, not buying that he had, you know, traveled in time. Yeah. Yeah. I love this actor. Uh, What is his? so. Matt Frewer. He's so greasy. I love him. Dude, he was Max Headroom. 
Who's that? Uh, so my introduction to Max Headroom was that he was in Cafe 80s in Back to the Future Part 2. But it was like a, a super 80s talk show where he played this basically like robot talk show host. Oh. Uh, it's super cool. You should check it out. Cool. But he also was uh, Moloch in Watchmen, which I was so excited about because I, I love this episode so much that whenever yeah. I see Matt Frewer in something, I get excited. And I actually just watched the first couple episodes of Timeless, the new show on NBC, and he was in the pilot of that. Oh, cool. So I, I look at this guy. I'm like, he is he would have been Jim Carrey if he'd gotten there first. You yeah. know, like if he had. I really, really liked him a lot. Yeah. Like, like, he, I, he reminds I was, me so much I of Jim Carrey. I enjoyed this this whole episode immensely. And I like that he's a sleazeball. And I like that. um that whole thing with him and Crusher. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? This guy it. is like picking you up so hard right now. <laughs> I love it. Trisha says, liar, liar, liar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. I love that uh, the crew takes him so seriously, too, because that's who they are. Yeah. And they're willing to give anyone, even like the weirdest, most like flippant dude, the benefit of the doubt to be who he says he is. Well, the technology on his transport, yeah, you yeah. know, was like it is future technology. Yeah, it is future technology. So they, they, you know, they were playing it safe for sure. Yeah, but. totally. Uh, the way this episode ends is a little strange. How they just decide to stop him from traveling back to his own time because yeah, he's a thief yeah. and just send him to jail. Like they turn into space cops. They've always kind of been space cops, yeah, but, but they're like, like the fucking I thought that space was pigs all weird. of a sudden. I was like, yeah. no, dude, like. I would sabotage his ship. I would like make it go back to his time and then break. Yeah. I would like put a, a timed bomb onto his, yeah, his exactly. ship or something. So like let him go back and like be in his own time. But, but destroy but then, the tech. I feel yeah. like that would have been really easy to do. <laughs> yeah, totally. I just thought of that in a second. Data could have thought of that. Data but, would have totally thought of like setting of making a phaser that like blows up. Like if he totally. just does something to it. Yeah, they do like that a, a lot. Quick makeshift grenade. Like totally. send him back. Do you want to like turn off a force field? You uh, blow up a phaser. That's yeah. like number one force field turn off. Star Trek one hundred and one. Yeah, blow up a phaser. Gosh. Uh, so the, the end of this, I actually, for one of the only times in the whole series, I'm like, damn, my, my crew is cold. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, that was yeah. harsh. But I, lo I love that episode. It's yeah. so fun. And I love, like, the moral dilemma of the episode, which is Picard uh, is trying to save this planet from destruction. And what they're going to try might kill the planet. Like, they're trying to save yeah. the atmosphere of the planet. And what they're going to try might kill everyone on the planet. And he has to know if it's going to work. So, you have uh, this guy, Berlingoff Rasmussen, great name, by the way, who says he's <laughs> from the future, who says that he knows what's about to happen. He's there to witness it. And Picard's like, motherfucker, tell me what's going to happen so I know if I'm going to kill this whole planet. Yeah. And he says, I can't. You know, I'm, I'm a scientist. If I tell you, it'll ruin yeah, uh, it'll the ruin timeline, the yeah. timeline. Yeah, but he's like, yeah. but you're already here. Like you're yeah. already here. <laughs> yeah. You're already fucking with the timeline. So just tell me. And he won't because he doesn't even know because he's a lying piece of shit. <laughs> great, great writing. I love this season. It was a really good. Have episode. I mentioned? Yeah. Have no, I mentioned this, how much I love this season? This season it's a great is season. a really good season. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we have New Ground, episode ten. Worf's son Alexander comes to live on the Enterprise. The crew helps guide a test vehicle for a revolutionary no new form of interstellar travel. So a uh, couple things are happening. This, this is the one where they have this like wave that you can ride. Uh, instead of going to warp, you yeah. can ride, ride you, this you wave. You achieve warp by riding this wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and LaForge is like super excited about it. It's supposed to like really open up the possibilities for, for travel. But yeah. the wave is unstable. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest, like that part of the story 
I like it. And every time I watch it, I'm like, this is cool. But then I forget what happened on it every time. It like kind of fades yeah. in my memory. <clears throat> I don't really get, I don't remember. Can you give us a little? Uh, there's like a wave rider Alpha. test ship, the Soliton wave. Um, no, I know the first part. What happens in that episode? I, I, I just remember that it was like, <laughs> unst- I don't remember. I do remember that uh, what I really, what really they sticks to, to they me. They had to turn off the shields so that it would stop like bouncing back and forth and making it more intense. Because they were trying to make the, oh. the wave dissipate, right? Yeah, the wave was like was like feeding back on itself get and getting too it, strong, and maybe going to blow up yeah, the ship. Yeah, and it was going to like blow up. Oh the yeah, ship. they're like chasing down this thing that could like yeah. cause serious damage. That was to cool. A planet. I liked it. Yeah, to a planet. It was good. I remember now. It was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It, was good. it was good. It was good. But then we also have uh, Alexander trying to go to school and Worf trying to be a dad, and he's a bad dad, and Alexander kind of like lashing out in school. Uh, he wants to play with that weird like stick creature. Uh, and then oh, he yeah. almost gets gets he burned almost, up. Like gets killed. And Worf has this like parental uh, like <gasps> strength as like, he lifts yeah. this thing that he and Riker couldn't lift together. He's like Worf's like my son's gonna die, and he just like fucking throws it. Yeah, but the acting on it was. I remember laughing out loud of him like <laughs> being like, oh. <laughs> I loved it. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's, this is not. Uh, this is not in my in my top episode. I like no, this one just fine. It but was. It, it was fine. Yeah, and it uh, F for fun. Yeah, we're we're not even halfway through, so let's f- keep moving. Yeah, let's keep uh, going. Hero worship episode eleven. Uh, Data helps the only survivor of a wreck ship a child cope with the loss of his parents. Meanwhile, the crew investigates the cause of the wreck. Man, this this one. This and the bonding are two episodes that make me very uncomfortable because you deal with like young children dealing with the death of yeah. their parents. And in this one, this little kid uh, decides to take on the personality of Data and become an android so he doesn't have to feel his parents' death. Yeah. And it's hard to watch. I mean, it's it's tough. It's a good episode, but it, it's, this show always takes you to these like emotional Ugh. places you're not quite Data ready to go. Data would be such a good dad. <laughs> he would be a good dad. But I don't know, but think about the episode where he dated that girl and... He was like a terrible boyfriend because he couldn't pr- provide for her emotional needs. Yeah. Maybe he would. Maybe he wouldn't be a good dad. But working with tr- like Data and Troy should raise a child. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> also, you just put the image in my mind of Data and Troy having sex, and now I I want. I like that. it. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. That's um. Yeah, I think that they would raise like a really good kid. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Super empathetic and super logical. You just get, they would raise like a Picard level human. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Picard should be like the highest, right? What would yeah. be the lowest garbage human? Burlingoff Rasmussen. Yeah. <laughs> How good of a person are you between? Between Picard and Burlingoff Rasmussen. No, Rasmussen's like in the middle. He's like a fun guy. Yeah. Who's still a piece true. of shit. Uh, who's like actually a real piece of shit that you hate? Miles. Where are you Miles. going? Miles. Just oh, you cute dog. He was what did you? He just clicked on Patricia Vecchio, a hairstylist who worked on Deep Space Nine. Thanks, Miles. <laughs> cool. Um, what oh, were we look talking at your about? He's <laughs> like you were talking about my cute face. Yeah, who would be? Oh, Armis. Armis, which the, one's he? He's the fucking blob monster that killed Tasha. Oh yeah, he's that guy the worst. Sucked. All right, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Where are you going, buddy? Are you trying to? Are, um, you, are you trying to? Which one's the next one? Let's, hold on. Let me let me rearrange my my dog here. Are you leaving? You're leaving. He's leaving. Fine. Okay. It's like I'm too good for this scene. Okay. Moving on. All right. Episode twelve. 
Oh, but but how did you feel about Hero Worship? I didn't even ask. Oh, I liked it a lot, but I love it? all the data heavy episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really cute how he like wouldn't let go of Data's hand. He's like Data. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. But yeah. uh, watching people get through sad things on this show is formative for me. You know, like seeing because having your, my parents die was like one of my biggest fear when I was a kid. Yeah, and seeing people get through that on the show is like, well, life will go on even if that sucks. But it's so sad. Yeah, and he thought that he did it. He oh, I that know. That's parents. right. He thought he killed his like everyone. arm hit a console, and he thought that he'd and done he was it. Just walking around thinking he killed an entire ship of people, including his parents. Yeah, that shit was sad. That's heavy, dude. Can you imagine thinking you killed your parents? No, Ugh. I can't even imagine. Yeah, that no. sucks. Uh, okay, moving on. Episode twelve: Violations. Several crew members suffer violent hallucinations and comas as alien. As an as alien researchers visit the ship, this is one of the oh, first. Oh, apparently like, Patrick Stewart directed episode eleven. Oh, he according did. Mark, to Mark, according to Mark, Exxon. is that uh, episode eleven? That was uh, the one we just did. Yeah, the data one. Yeah, yeah directed by Patrick Stewart. Oh, cool, nice, nice. Uh, hero worship. I really like that. Interesting, because Patrick Stewart also directed the one where Data was dating for the first time. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That's cool. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you for that piece of Fuck information. Yeah, yeah if we're missing shit, like let that. us know. Yeah. I dig it. That's Tate. cool. Uh, okay, so violations. So you have these um, these uh, aliens who come on board. And I like the way this episode starts a lot, where they're kind of reading Keiko's mind. They're opening up a memory in Keiko's mind, and she's oh, remembering this tea ceremony from when she was a child. Yeah, this was a and cool And I'm, like, one. obsessed with tea, so I really liked yeah. it. Uh, but... <laughs> but I get he really. He made me this tea. I did actually. Baby Dan bought us this. Bought me this tea. It's very good. Special good, gift. Good taste, Baby Dan. It's uh like cranberry orange mm. rooibos from Perennial Tea Room down in the market. Baby Tight. Dan, good dude. Bruh. <laughs> so, so this, so yeah, this is this one gets real, real rapey. Uh, this guy falls like, in love with Troy, pretty, and then they, he they drop the R word. They say yeah, rape later totally. On. Yeah. Like this guy starts going into Troy's mind to have to like jerk off basically. Yeah. Uh mentally. And it's so gross and creepy and upsetting. And it's yeah. It's and unfortunately really it's not the only time something like this happens, but since yeah. you're not there yet, we'll talk about that later. No I know. I'm sorry, spoilers. I'm so bad. I'm the worst. <clears throat> but yeah, that was a good one. Um I really I liked that one a lot. Yeah. Um I I'm not wild about this episode. But I, I appreciate that you like it. Well, I just like, you know, uh, there are so many different ways to abuse someone, you know? Yeah. And uh, to me, that's just kind of the thing that I got from that. Like, you know, it's more of a yeah, totally. physical, quote unquote, manifestation of like emotional abuse and stuff like that. But somebody's literally messing with your memories, you know? Like, yeah. And yeah, I remember like- that one time that I blacked out like for real. Like, <laughs> I, like, um, what was it? She, like, forgot a whole chunk of stuff, right? Troy? Yeah. Well, so he was going into Troy's memories of fooling around with Riker uh-huh. and changing it into him and make, uh, making Riker, like, attack her. Yeah. Uh, right, so he, but like, she went, woke up and she didn't remember anything, right? I don't at remember. At first. And then they have to get the guy... The, um, they oh, she doesn't remember the dream? To probe oh, into her mind. That, that and sounds she, right. And I don't he remember. he frames his father that way. Right. He turns oh, that you're memory right. into okay. his father, right? Yeah, you're right. So, like... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just... Uh, 
the notion of blacking out and then remembering something horrible is something that like I was very scared of this one time that I drank so much that I blacked out and I had never actually blacked out before. Wow. Like not for real. I've yeah. browned out on a nightly basis, <laughs> but like <laughs> blacking out, like that was the scariest f- freaking thing in my life. Wow. Like I just was missing like 12 hours of memory. Scary. Like, it was so scary. So, yeah, that's like, super scary. I don't know. It was just very frightening to see, like, yeah. in the show. Yeah. The, this, he also, like, attacks other people. He attacks Crusher and gives her the memory. It goes back into her memory of Picard telling her that her husband was dead. Yeah. Uh, and you get to see Picard with a little bit of hair in this yeah. memory, which was super interesting. And her hair, like, she had bangs. She yeah. She's really cute with bangs. But then they figure out who the real bad guy is and they arrest him. And Yeah. And then we move on with our lives. And then we go to the next episode. Yeah, next episode. Captain's log, Stardate 45435.8. Dr. Crusher and Commander Riker regained consciousness while we were en route to the Yulian homeworld. The slow process of their recovery has begun. So we have the Masterpiece Society, uh, episode tw- 13. The Enterprise tries to save a perfect colony from destruction, but the assistance causes damage of its own. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so they, they find this perfect colony. It's very reminiscent of a season one episode where they this colony tries to steal the kids. Remember that? Steal all the kids off the Enterprise, including oh, yeah. Wesley. Uh, so, yeah, they have this, like, domed society where everything's perfect. They're, like, genetically engineered. No one in, no one out. No one in, no one out. Everyone has a purpose. It's kind of like Gattaca, which I just rewatched the other day. It was fucking awesome. Um, but by introduce but they're in trouble like there's some environmental thing that's happening i don't remember exactly what so the enterprise crew comes to help out and by introducing the enterprise crew to the society the society breaks basically yeah just by introducing outside elements yeah yeah elements that weren't engineered to be there everything falls apart for these people Troy immediately bangs their leader like yeah like right away he's wearing like a weird bolo tie-ish thing that i'm not <laughs> wild about i feel like bolo ties are one of the more embarrassing aspects of humanity i can't find any bolo ties and that's all i want for christmas noted <laughs> so just fyi hey, as naomi. much as i naomi's here Ye- what's up naomi hello <laughs> Uh, as much as I hate bolo ties, I would still get you one if I saw it. Cool. Well, I I think they're rad. Yeah. So don't go bad mouthing his bolo tie. I will, but I will also respect your <laughs> okay. right to like them. I feel like this is a decent episode. I feel like there's been a couple episodes in a row that I'm just kind of meh. Just I enjoy them, yeah. but you know, not something I like look forward to every time I watch. But I will watch it. I watch. I mean, every time I watch the show, I watch every single episode. So there's no skipping for me. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, the I feel like the the relationship between Troy and the leader of these people is a little too like pained He's for me. So like dramatic all yeah. the time, <laughs> and I really, really feel like I'm watching Days of Our Lives because like the lighting is all gold all the time, and they're yeah. like looking into each other's eyes and like. Speaking very romantically and like, it feels like, like a, you guys calm down, okay? You've yeah. known each other for like a day. Totally. The show's gotten so good by this point. This yeah. feels like an earlier episode to me. Yeah. It feels like something from an earlier season, but yeah. that's okay. You know, it's not t- it's not bad. It's just no. Not I, I enjoyed good. I enjoyed the episode, and I really liked the um the dilemma of people wanting to leave, but how that ruins their whole society. You yeah. Know, like. Yeah. Totally. 
Uh, okay, next up we have Conundrum. After the crew's memories are mysteriously erased, the computer re- records indicate that the Federation is at war with the Lycians and that the Enterprise has been ordered to attack their command center. So everyone forgets who they are. They wake up. There's some mysterious dude on the bridge with them who's like second in command for some reason. I don't remember either. Yeah, totally. Uh, but it's like this plot by his yeah. people to try to get the Enterprise to kill their enemies. Yeah. This episode is awesome. Yeah, I liked it's awesome. it a lot. It was really cool. Memory loss episodes are uh, like a sci-fi trope that I will never get sick of. Uh, and I love it so much. Like it happened on Buffy and it was so great. Like uh, Spike and Giles assume that they're related and I love it because they're both British. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love about that. Oh my god! And then this has one of the best things ever, which is Rolaren hitting on Riker. Wait, they they do it. They right? do it. They yeah, totally bang. Yeah, I remember. And then okay. at the end of the episode, when everyone has their memories back, like Troy and they're all like, eh, what about what about his dick size? Huh? Yeah, they're totally. Like, <laughs> Troy and Ro are totally like sitting in ten forward yeah, talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> and he comes over to sit down, and Troy gives him this angry face, and it's very obvious yeah. that. That the beans have been spilled. Yeah. But I, what I love about the society is that, like, people in the society can do things and not be jealous of each other. Yeah. You know? For sure. Super cool. Well, it's very different. Like, there was the, um, there's an episode in this season that I really enjoy that we're not quite at yet. But the, the, the one where he, Riker falls in love with a person from an androgynous oh, race. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Yeah. Classic. If Courtney's still here, that's, that's an episode that I know she loves. Um, so yeah, so can I, I love I love the memory loss. I love the secret plot. I love the slow unraveling of information. I love how everyone starts to get closer and closer to being in their actual roles as we get towards the end of the episode. Uh-huh. Because they're like such solid people that even if they don't have their memories, they uh their like, core values are the same. Yeah, it's interesting. I like uh, that. Mark says, this is the one where Worf thinks he's in charge because of his sash. And then he's yeah. like, oh, my bad. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Worf's like, I am also decorated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evan asks, will this be archived somewhere for later viewing? This is so damn nerdy and amazing. I'd, probably uh, not, is, but it will be no, a podcast. But but it is. It, it saves as a video. You, well, you have to like choose to save it, right? Or you can like just let it go. Oh, are you not going to save it? I don't know. I was originally thinking of not saving it and just having it for the podcast. You can take it down later. I don't know. What do you think? If you're if you're if you're watching, should I save this? I mean, Evan wants to see it and he has stuff that he has to do. <laughs> I think that's the subtext. <laughs> uh, let let us know. I'll, if you if you want me to keep it up, I'll keep it up. But you got to you got to ask for it otherwise I'm deleting it cuz I, I my assumption is that no one's going to watch a 2 hour video of us later, you know what I mean? Why would anyone listen to a 2 hour podcast of you later? Cuz you can like walk around and listen and like watching live is exciting. <laughs> I don't know. I I I always assume that no one wants anything that I'm making, so I, Oh, okay. You know, I have that problem. So that's not that's a personal problem. That's a personal problem. Um so next Next up, episode 15, moving right along. Power play, another great episode. There's like a very small lull in the season, and right back up to good Whoppins? shit. Whoppins? Uh, <laughs> Whoppins? <laughs> uh, alien entities take over the minds of Data, Troy, and Miles O'Brien. So, oh, yeah. Those yeah. guys were dicks. Yeah, they like go on this away mission, <laughs> and these aliens get into their bodies, uh, and then they try to take over the ship. I love this episode, because yeah. you have... Um, I think it was Roe and Jordy that are crawling around in the Jeffrey's Troop trying to set up a device to get all of them at once from above because they're like holed up in 10 forward and they're, yeah. it's like a hostage situation. And it's like great. O'Brien's being really mean to his wife Oh my and God, kid. it's awful. Ugh. And his 
wife is like petrified. Dude, the reverse happens in Deep Space Nine where where O'Brien's where Keiko is actually taken over by an alien entity and O'Brien has to deal with it. Oh, that's cool that they're in that show. I can't yeah. wait to get to that. Oh man, I love Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I'll probably have to watch it with you when you watch it again. Cool. Because uh O'Brien is like one of the main characters. Oh nice. He actually leaves this show after this season and goes over to Deep Space Nine. Oh, they run together. This is the last season of of Star Trek that's on by itself uh of Next Generation because Deep Space Nine starts the next season Ooh, of Next Generation. Okay, so I and then did Voyager this with Buffy starts. And Angel. Oh, you got to do them together. You yeah, got to do them together. It's so I, good. And I yeah. really I really liked doing that with Buffy and Angel. That's so what I maybe, did too and it was so fun. Maybe I yeah. should do that. Oh, that's so much TV. It's a lot of TV. I'm trying to watch less TV. Yeah, me too. But one more couldn't hurt. Yeah. Uh Deep Space Nine is is totally yeah. worth it. But I do miss O'Brien from this show, but I, you know, we have this whole season where we have really strong O'Brien episodes all season long. Uh, and it's awesome. So I love seeing main characters play other characters. Like the actors play another character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like data as this angry dude. And he's all like, like a sleazy. Yeah. He's like yeah. a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And Troy is this like cold, angry dude. Also, I think, I think Troy was taken over by a, a male alien, right? I I don't know. Was, I don't remember was for gender sure. even a, a I don't know thing. if they addressed it. I think yeah. they did. Uh but then they come up with this like clever way to to get them all in the end when they're in the, the cargo bay and it like the effects were great. Uh Marina Sirtis actually hurt herself. She did her own stunt in the beginning where she jumps backwards when she's hit by that spike of lightning. Yeah, and, go girl. Yeah, she actually like uh she did it for real and like it's in the episode and she actually hurt her her back or her it's like a bone in her butt or something. Damn. But the shot that they used of that was the super wide shot where you can't even tell that it's her and she was <laughs> pissed about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love I love that episode. All right, moving on. <laughs> episode 16, Ethics. After Worf is paralyzed by a freak accident, his only hope may be visiting a doctor with questionable morals. Maybe a visiting doctor with questionable morals. This is the one where uh, Worf breaks his back and he's considering killing himself yeah, because Klingons aren't supposed me. to live yeah. this way. That was cool. Oh, my God. Uh, so Jeff Salamander just posted, I have to pee, send help, sploosh. <laughs> Do you, you can go pee. I'll hold down the floor for a second. Will you? Yeah. Okay, thank you. So Jeff went to go pee, and I uh, very awkwardly talked by myself to the internet for a couple minutes. But something uh, slightly embarrassing happened. We forgot to talk about Ethics, the episode. She came back from the bathroom. We moved right on to the next episode. So I just wanted to interject, uh, make sure we didn't skip one entirely, and just give you my thoughts about the episode. It's not my favorite. There's so much about the episode I like. There's so much about Klingon culture that kind of comes to the, the forefront of the episode. Watching Worf once again be a terrible father is very interesting and yes he comes around eventually but here's what i don't like about this episode is that they set it up to look like Worf has died and then they say oh just kidding he's got all these redundant things inside of him and uh klingons can live through hard things and he's still fine and it just felt emotional like, like emotional manipulation to me uh on the part of the writers towards the audience and i'm not wild about that kind of thing and i feel like this show is generally above that uh it's like that episode of doctor who where Rory drowns but then uh, comes back to life a second later where there's like the weird green lady <laughs> pretending someone's dead and then having them come back to life bothers me you know either kill them or don't like Star Trek Into Darkness uh, cured death with the fucking triple. I'm not wild about that thing and I don't like that they did it in this episode 
So besides that, I like this episode just fine, but that kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth. I felt like the, the, the doctor, the female doctor that performed the surgery on Worf was a very interesting character, very unlike Dr. Crusher, unlike Federation doctors in general, someone who's willing to put the needs of, uh, the needs of her patient aside to try to make scientific breakthroughs. It's just very against the sort of uh, moral high ground universe that Star Trek takes, takes place in. So that was interesting. I, I liked seeing that. I thought that was a really good touch, uh, good addition to the episode. Um, I really like the scene where Riker comes in and says that he's supposed to stab Worf to death and can't do it and throws down the knife at Worf's feet and Worf can't get to it because he's half paralyzed. So there's a lot of things in this episode that are very difficult to grapple with and are are good to grapple with. You know, like, what would you do in those situations? I love that the show goes there, but I do feel like it was all kind of cheapened by having Worf pretend to be dead for a second. Uh, you know, unintentionally on his part. Anyway, so Jeff came back from the bathroom and we continued. Episode 17, The Outcast. This is the one you mentioned. Uh, Riker falls in love with Soren, a member of an androgynous race known as the Janai, who dares to be female. So this is uh, TNG attempting to tackle sexual identity without actually showing anything gay on I TV. love this episode so much. Um... I, like, really loved the thing at the end. Give me a second. Can I read it? Yeah. What's up? Oh, oh, yes. Female. I was born that way. I have had those feelings, those longings all of my life. It is not unnatural. I am not sick because I feel this way. I do not need to be helped. I do not need to be cured. What I need... And what all of those who are like me need is your understanding and your compassion. We have not injured you in any way, and yet we are scorned and attacked, and all because we are different. What we do is no different from what you do. We talk and laugh. We complain about work, and we wonder about growing old. We talk about our families, and we worry about the future. And we cry with each other when things seem hopeless. All of the loving things that you do with each other, that is what we do. And for what we are, and for that we are called misfits and deviants and criminals. What right do you have to punish us? What right do you have to change us? What makes you think you can dictate how people love each other? Yeah, it's a good speech. I fucking just like. Yeah, I it blew my mind. I loved it so much. Yeah, I love that speech. I love a lot about what this episode is trying to do, but it I still feel just slightly let down by it every time I watch it. Uh, oh, Mark, really? Mark is at it. Mark says his phone's about to die. I'll catch up later. Have fun. And he says beans away. I think he means beams away. Uh, <laughs> <but> beans away. <laughs> beans. I like that. To beans. I like that better. To bean or not to bean. Aw. Yeah. Cute. Um. Okay, so I'm I'm slightly disappointed by this episode because first of all, the I have a hard time buying the love plot that Riker is so in love so fast. Um, yeah, it it happened like he's such a ladies' man, you know, right? That I totally buy the fact that he wants to to bang this girl, this 
man, girl. What do, this person? I don't person. know. I don't you know. Say a, person. Yeah. <laughs> this person. Here's the thing about this episode to me. Um, a lot of it is more equatable to like what trans people are going through right totally. now. Totally. Absolutely. Um, like, yeah. you know, it, it has a lot, to, you know, when I first, I think this is one of the ones that you showed me a long time ago. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this says so much about being gay and, you know, like being queer or whatever, but it's more to me now about being trans, like yeah. uh, an intersectional feminism has been something that's been a real problem lately is, is something that I've been noticing, you know, like, um, uh, just like uh, the women's march is kind of being like a lot of people were touting things about vaginas and not all women have them. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So like, so I, it just really just, um, it points out a lot about like trans femininity in that, I think. Yeah. That it, that's interesting. It actually, I like that a lot because I know when they wrote it, they were trying to make a statement about uh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was talked about having that actor be a man. And I know that Jonathan Frakes wanted that. I read an interview about this. Uh-huh. Uh, but the the network wouldn't go for it. It was not really even like considered. Uh, so they, they just cast a woman. Oh, so, okay. Uh, so I was always a little bit frustrated that uh, they could... I don't know, but but I'm so glad they did it at least, you know, like, yeah. cause I, I mean, I did this whole long episode about how badly I want there to be like positive representation of the, the gay community on mm-hmm. Star Trek. And like, we're finally going to get that with the new show. We finally just had gay Sulu and Star Trek Beyond, but there's going to be a gay person playing a gay character on Star Trek Discovery, which is so exciting. Yeah. And that's coming up someday. They keep pushing it back. Uh, and this episode is the first time they really try to tackle it head on. Like there was an episode written for one of the first or second seasons that really talked about like the HIV crisis, but the but they never got it made. Like Gene Roddenberry wanted to do it, but it never happened. Oh, damn. Uh, so they, they've been trying, but like lots of pushback from the network. So so they got something on the air that has that beautiful speech in it. And you're right. It totally... It, it's totally like directly applicable to to trans yeah to trans well, people i mean at least i mean i'm sure that was always re- like a thing for people who were trans back then it just wasn't as big of a thing like, and i've but, never thought about it in those terms yeah, to be honest for me yeah. that's what i saw when yeah. i watched it this last time i like that a lot i was like gosh like that's just says so that to me that was just such a perfect way to put that but also just also just being gay and queer yeah. like you know it doesn't matter like why do you get to this doesn't affect you right you know i am me why do you care why do you care about what i do you know why does my existence offend you so much totally tiffin says their interactions seem forced to me i do agree with that that's another part of why am i not getting any of my disappointment in the episode is that uh, I did not buy them falling in love. I like I, it. I like it just fine. I didn't but... have to think about them being in love at all. It didn't even occur to me until I read the um, description of the episode where huh. it says that he falls in love. Yeah. I didn't even think about them being in love. I thought that yeah. she liked him and he liked her and that was it. I wasn't thinking anything as intense as love. I thought he was just acting on the fact that she should have the right to exist as a woman if she wants to. That's right. what I got out of the episode. I didn't get... Did he say he was in love? He does. And it's a really awkward moment. It's right at the end of the episode when he tries to save her. He goes in with Worf, like, guerrilla style to try to get her out. But right. they've already done these, like, phototechnic treatments. I don't remember what they're called. Yeah, yeah. So where, where they've removed that they part of her. They pray the gay away. Yeah they, yeah, they they put her through conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they Mike Pence the shit out of her. Yeah. And then she, I keep saying her because it's a female actress and, I, yeah. and I'm dumb. But, uh, but Riker comes to save her. 
And she's like, oh, I don't need to be saved anymore. He says, but I love you. And uh, and she's, I don't remember what she says. I Something don't like, remember I'm just, him uh, saying that. Yeah, but, he does. Right at the end of the episode, he but says But I guess it. I still never even thought about it as a deep love. Like, you can love yeah. somebody. And I, I don't know. I'm like, I think that I just didn't think that much into that. Totally. If they had left that I yeah. love you line out, like, if they're building a relationship, I buy it that he's like met this person and he's willing to put his his career on the line for yeah. her because he's Riker and he's in Starfleet and that's what he does for everyone all the time you know he does what he believes is right and I buy that so him getting up in front of the the council and like speaking for her and trying to take the blame I buy all of that uh-huh. but for some reason it's just and for him even t- trying to get her out sure you know I buy that too but but to me it's like you're doing that because you want to have the opportunity to have a relationship with her and it's still her choice uh like you just want this person to be out of this society that is bad for this person. Right. You know, but making it all about him at the end, like, I love you. I want you. I want to take you with me. Um, instead of like, I, I think that you deserve to, to right. have your chance at a life. I, right. I would have preferred that. Soren. I love you. I'm sorry. And it, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a very subtle difference, but it kind of, no, me, like, no, I agree. Yeah, way. you know, it was probably not a perfect episode, but yeah. for something that came out. Trisha then. says, "I think he also tells Deanna that he met someone, so I took that as I'm in love with someone." And that's true. When you tell Deanna you love someone, if you're Will Riker, or if you tell Deanna you're seeing someone, and you're you are Will Riker, yeah, that's <laughs> legit. I mean, that's a thing. He always wants Deanna in his back pocket. Yeah, you know? Mzadi for life. I read a book called Imzadi that was about their love affair when they were younger. Oh, cute. And by read, I mean listen to a book on tape that oh. I made my sister and mom listen to with me in the car when I was a, a wee lass. That sounds about right. Very exciting. Yeah. But overall, very good episode. I, I just really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Impactful episode that's talked about a lot. And even though it's not perfect, I'm so thrilled it exists. Yeah. And I, and I, well, it's hard I to like, even you know, get something like that to be perfect on absolutely. screen. There's, it's totally. so complicated. Totally. You know? And as far as all the attempts at a good uh, gay story go on Star Trek, I feel like this one is probably the closest to what I would, to the type of story that I'd want them to tell. Mm-hmm. And there's other examples in this and in Deep Space Nine that, uh, that maybe we'll talk about someday. Yeah. Next up, episode 18, Cause and Effect, another fucking awesome episode. Brandon Braga uh, just wrote this one, directed by Jonathan Frakes. Brandon Braga wrote some of the best and some of the worst Star Treks, but this is in his, like, heyday when he was writing some of the best fucking shit. The destruction of the Enterprise near a distortion in the space-time continuum causes a temporary causality loop to form, trapping the ship and crew in time and forcing them to relive the events that led to their deaths. It's Groundhog Day in space. Yeah. This was before Groundhog Day, P.S. Cool. When I saw Groundhog Day, like, fuck this movie. This movie's totally ripping off Next Generation. <laughs> but then I, I Dude, saw it and I'm like, okay, Groundhog Day is fucking so awesome. You're so aggro. I love it. Groundhog Day too. So yeah, this is the one where they live the same day over and over and they keep blowing up at the end. And the episode starts with them blowing up. And again, I remember being a kid and seeing that and going, what? <laughs> like Professor Farnsworth, what? Uh, but I but I love it so much. So this episode to me is like this crescendo to Frasier because Kelsey Grammer is I is remember the captain, being like who the fuck the is captain that? of the Bozeman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like when you watch, if you're me and you're obsessed with Star Trek and Frasier, when that hap- when Frasier shows up on Star Trek, you just poosh, my brain just exploded. I love it. Wait, I think Daniel is trying to call us. Call her, not me. Is I am streaming on my phone. Ding? 
He's trying to call your phone? Yeah. You and Dan are doing a, another live show tonight. I am. We're streaming at 7 o'clock. Uh, it's the Sunday show. We do it Sundays when we feel like it. There will be a live studio audience um, in his apartment. That's awesome. <laughs> and we do it, uh, yeah, probably every other Sunday or so. Um, and today's is going to be about farts. Oh, All right. here he is. Hello, this is uh, Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury and Jefferson Salamander. Oh, hey, how's it going? First time, long time. <laughs> Hi there. What's, up, What's your name, mister? Uh, my name is Daniel. Uh, Daniel DeRoder. I'm a long-time fan of the show. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a serious lag because um, I'm watching the show. Y'all... Oh, fuck you, dude. That's a, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, uh, Groundhog Day is such a good movie. I think it's I like so Groundhog Day good. more, personally. But I, I can't... I mean, Groundhog Day is an incredible movie. Yeah, it's incredible. But I can't like distance myself from how much I love this episode. Because like seeing, seeing it in the context of the show and like how different it was... And how well it was directed and how like every time you saw the same thing, it was slightly different. And then how they figure out how to send something back through one of the loops. And then fucking <laughs> Frasier shows up. All right. I like this one better. Are and you it's, sure it's not just because you're like a like a it, crazy fanboy? It's Kelsey like... Grammer that puts it over the top. If, you, if, if, Kelsey, if Kelsey Grammer showed up in Groundhog Day, the answer would have been Groundhog Day. Yeah. No doubt. But the answer is cause and effect. Good question, though. Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day has one of my favorite lines ever. Uh, and it, it, it's, uh, uh, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Yeah, that's Whoa, a great line. Oh, dude, really we good. should uh, write a song with that in it. You know. Yeah, I, I, it's just like uh, it, I, when, I, when I feel like they're really sad and depressed and like, kind of feel like hopeless, that line always kind of like runs through my head because I'm like, Man, if it, is it just going to be like this tomorrow? Is my life going to just turn into Groundhog Day? And then I like snap a pencil and I wake up and the pencil broken. So. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for doing that. You're really good at that. Um, oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, well, uh, I, I, that's it for me. Lo loving the show so far. Uh, keep, keep on sci fi <laughs> thanks man thanks for thank calling you, daniel uh and uh daniel and i will be uh hosting the sunday show tonight at six o'clock pacific standard time seven o'clock seven o'clock seven o'clock seven o'clock seven o'clock pacific standard time uh check it out on daniel derosier's facebook uh just search for him i'm sure it'll pop right up yeah make sure you check it out i'm, I'm excited all right bye dan Later, dude. love you bye Bye. Um, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Evan just posted USS Bozeman, Bozeman, Montana, near where first contact happened in Montana, which is where Evan lives. So I totally did not piece that together. Uh, the first episode of Enterprise. No, I'm sorry. What am I saying? Uh, that's the Klingon thing. But I think the Klingon thing actually happened 
No, I'm just talking out my I ass. I don't now. know. So what in, in the movie First Contact, right it was in Bozeman, Montana, and then this oh. ship is named the Bozeman. Then uh, the First Contact movie came out like years later, which is super cool. Cool. And I wonder if that was intentional. Possibly not. Possibly. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they named the Bozeman after like someone grew up in Bozeman, and then they wanted to put it in there later. Also, I don't know. That'd be something interesting to to look up. This thing does not want to stay up. Yeah. Next time I will tape it. Tape that shit. Uh, okay, cause and, atta- cause and effect, I think what we've learned about this is that it is uh, slightly better than Groundhog Day. I think final, that final, we've learned that call. you see the world through laser-colored sunglasses. Laser-colored sunglasses. <laughs> totally. All right, now I'm getting naked. It's warm in here. All right. Actually, do you want to crack the door open a little bit? Are you hot? No. Got all this... We got like lights and we got all this gear going. It's warm in here. I'm cold. You're cold? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That is crazy talk. Okay, moving on. Uh, episode 19, The First Duty. Another fantastic, <laughs> <laughs> another fantastic episode. <laughs> Following an accident during an academy training exercise that leads to the death of one of his friends, Wesley Crusher must decide whether loyalty or truth is the first duty. Man, dude, that was a tough one. Uh, so good. That was a I think toughie. this is a, yeah, written by Ron Moore and Naren Shankar. Ron Moore episodes tend to have like amazing, uh, amazing, like deep, hard questions. I love Wesley episodes. I, I do know too. that I always t- I say this, too. but I just, I love the guy. I love the guy. What can I say? I like Wesley episodes better when he comes back later, uh-huh. uh huh, because I feel like they use him better. Mm-hmm. I do like Wesley episodes well, early he, on he's too. He's essentially playing an adult, you know. Yeah, and watching this like point. this wunderkind, yeah, go through some shit. Yeah, I think is and great. Fuck up, honestly. Fucks up hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, fucks up hard. Like this is not yeah. a Wesley save the day episode. This no. is like a Wesley Which, and fucks up. It always up. is. Yeah, it always Wesley is. is like forced into doing the right yeah. thing because Picard is going to do it for him. So. Uh, if anyone was trying to call and couldn't get through, it was because apparently it wouldn't let me uh, accept any calls while I was looking at a video or something. I don't oh. know. Maybe not. But uh, try to give us a call now. I'm not going to be looking at the internet anymore. I'll have to actually just talk to you undistracted. <laughs> I don't know how I will handle your undivided attention. I don't know if I can handle undivided attention. Because I'm still distracted by the internet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we can we can hold this flat. No, Let's it's see. cool. So you can it's see. cool. Uh, so yeah, what's next? So yeah, next? first duty. Uh, oh yeah, first duty. Yeah. So, so I love I love the up so hard. I love all of the other cadets. Uh, this it has. Uh, oh my god, I'm um, blanking on his name. The guy who plays Tom Paris on Voyager plays. Rick Lacarno. Why can I remember both of his characters' names, but not his actual name? That's weird. <laughs> but he plays who? He plays who Tom he? Paris on Voyager. Yeah, one of the main no, characters. In this. He plays Nick Lacarno. He's the guy. He's like the ringleader of all these kids. Right. Okay. The, yeah. The he was really good in in this, though. Yeah. Like he was his, great. I, just some good acting happening there. They actually wanted him to be Nick Lacarno in Voyager, but they'd have to pay the writers of this episode royalties for every episode of Voyager, so they changed his name and made him the same person basically wow, same actor same character in that, huh? yeah it's it's kind of weird yeah. like he was in uh in prison at the beginning of voyager and i'd always been like oh that's weird because nick lacarno who looks exactly like this guy was like a hooligan who probably who i think he ends up he getting, gets he expelled goes, oh he gets expelled he gets okay. expelled um after convincing the the council or whatever that that uh everyone should just be um suspe- like have to repeat the year. 
Right. He takes he one expelled. for his his team because he knows he's he been caught because he's been caught. Yeah. And like he that was the whole speech that he had with Wesley is like the other side of the coin right. to the speech that Picard has with Wesley. It's, it's like the like, douchebag side of the coin. It's, well, it's about loyalty because that's something you like learn serving with people. It's about loyalty right. to the people that you're, you know, in this supposed family with. Or uh, or if it's loyalty or duty. Yeah. So, like, is it loyalty to your friends or loyalty to your duty? I think like, that, I think in the end it comes down to, like, loyalty to the truth, which I love. Yeah, which, you, because you know. It's, there's no black and white, but no. the first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he has to repeat it. the year and everyone's going to know about it and, like... Yeah. It sucks. But he fucked up. You know, he should have just said something in the first place. Uh, Trisha responded to a, uh, to that guy playing two people. She responded, are they not the same character? <laughs> and I tried to read that with, with the intended inflection. I thought they were the same, and I just started Voyager heart. Good for you, Trisha. <laughs> I'm very excited for you. Trisha, have you seen Deep Space Nine? I'm curious. Let me know. Call us. Yeah, call us, Trisha. That would be fun. I So I've, obviously, I've seen all of Star Trek and Voyager... The beginning of Voyager I love, but I feel like over time it goes a little downhill. But I've talked about that at great length. Um, something else I love about this episode is that the Bajoran cadet, uh, Ensign Cito, will show up again. I'm going to give you a little spoiler. She will show up again, and it's in a fucking awesome episode. Cool. In season seven called Lower Decks. Nice. Uh, and then this has one of the most powerful Picard speeches of all time, where he, that his first duty speech. And there's this like Captain Picard song that uh that the next generation podcast um greatest generation uses as their theme song oh cool that actually uses the dialogue from this episode in a a bunch of different picard dialogues like set to a beat and it's fucking awesome and i'm when i edit the podcast together i will find it and put it into the podcast because it's so great nice here's to the finest crew in starfleet engage Uh, Trisha says, yes, we just finished it to Deep Space Nine. And then my voice is unrecordable. I think that means she's not calling. <laughs> Trisha. That's okay. Keep texting, Trisha. Get over it's, yourself. It's even, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> no, just don't listen to him. Call keep, us. Keep chatting with us. I no, love it. Just it's call so us. Fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, next episode, Cost of Living. Loxana Troy is on board the Enterprise D to hold her wedding ceremony. And she also takes an interest in Worf's son, Alexander, encouraging, to, encouraging him to adopt her carefree ways. It's a really cute episode. This is, I it think is this is the best so Loxana episode. Yeah, I love um, him and Alexander. The her. higher, the fewer. <laughs> oh, that, guy, that weird dude. Yeah, the thing. dude in yeah. the bubble. <laughs> oh, no, the higher, the fewer dude was like another dude. The and then there's the dude in the bubble. Weird yeah, guy. yeah. And then like, the dude in the bubble's got like the checker face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's, and there's the like the mud baths and the juggling. Like, eats yeah. His, like balls. <laughs> yeah. Trisha says phones are scary. Do you're not required to face your fears right now, Trisha. Although I just I just looked at the the screen and the lag is pretty bad and I saw you doing the balls thing. I know, <laughs> dude. <funny>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I can't ever stop. I'm sorry. Now I saw myself doing the balls thing. <laughs> Are huh. you high too? No, I'm like You're stone cold sober. Like this? I'm just like this, bro. Uh, you know me. I'm just like this. Uh, okay, so cost of living, great Alexander episode. Really, really expands on the story of Worf and Alexander. Like, mm-hmm. Worf learning to maybe loosen up a little bit. Alexander learning how to be responsible. Worf learning how to loosen up. They meet in the middle somewhere, uh, helped by the Troys. And it's great. Yeah. And then Troy, uh, Loxana is supposed to get married to someone who doesn't respect her traditions. And At she's all, like, like, not even a little bit. Yeah. Like, and she's like going through this weird thing where she's maybe a little self conscious about. Um, being alone yeah, and maybe even slightly like desperate to find a mate. Oh, um, definitely. That's yeah. why she like found him through like some space Tinder. <laughs> through Tinder. Yeah, yeah. Space Tinder. <laughs> but she's like the most vivacious, like uh, wonderful woman normally. Yeah. So seeing that in her was a little, it was little disarming. Hard. Yeah. yeah. But then she fucking takes it back at the end. She because walks in hell. She walks naked. in naked. Yeah. Like a, a Betazoid uh, wedding. You Everyone's supposed to be naked. And he yeah. disrespected her by saying, like, no one will do that. So she walks into 10 Forward naked for, for her own wedding with this amazing grin and on her face. And that guy was just like, peace. The guy's just like, unacceptable. And he runs away. And it's great. So super fun episode. This is a really light episode. And I think in in general, uh, TV shows should do light episodes like this more yeah. often because it's so cool. I mean, nothing like super serious happens except for like the stakes for one character who's not even a main cast member. Yeah, but she also learned, you know, like she can't um, compromise her own convictions totally and I, it's got a great message yeah i love it. i love i love when you get to see people hanging out on the enterprise it's something that the show does quite often that i don't i can't think of any other shows where you just get to see your main cast hang out sometimes yeah. you know maybe like like seinfeld or frazier you know they're just at the coffee shop chilling yeah talking about life wiping down uh everything with a towel before niles sits down on it and they're just chilling and it's awesome and this show like you get to see people uh, just like working out together and just like going, doing their weird holodeck programs together. And it's all like wonderful. And yeah, I love it. Just like them as a normal society. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. That, you know. All right. Crazy we're we're stuff. in the home stretch, Jeff. We're getting close. <laughs> which is good. I'm holding my pee until the very end. Wow. Dude. I've been I've been on one cup of tea for uh, an hour and I'm 46 minutes. I'm almost done minutes. with all of my liquids. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. You're, uh, but you're stoned, so you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have the perfect mate. Picard, Picard serves as host for a peace treaty between two warring planets, but he may be unable to resist the reconciliation gift, a beautiful empath- empathic metamorph who is to be presented by one leader as the other's wife. This is the one with Famke Jansen, who was, uh, 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 what's her name? Phoenix, what's her name? In uh, X-Men. Jean Grey in oh. X-Men. Oh. Yeah. So I knew her. I this is this is a weird one for me where I don't think I saw this as a kid. I think the first time I saw it was when I was a teenager and I bought the whole series on DVD. There was two or three episodes throughout the run that I'd never seen when I watched it through the first time all the way through, uh-huh. which was so disconcerting for me. I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen that. Like I hadn't seen the penultimate episode, the one with uh well, I won't I almost spoiled it. Um <laughs> and this, so this is one I hadn't seen. And I was really excited to see one that I hadn't seen before, but I wasn't super wild about this one. The I idea of. I don't even remember it. The idea of like I'm a like woman. I'm having trouble remembering so it. So basically, there's a super like hot a ple- woman she's who like is. She's like there to pleasure pledged, her mate. Pl- 
pledged to one person and she imprints upon that person to become the perfect mate. So oh. she doesn't really have like a personality of her own. And she just, uh, she gets joy by giving joy to people. So becoming the perfect mate is what makes her happy. Um, I'm really uncomfortable with that plot line. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, the whole idea that there's this woman. That, I don't remember any of this. This woman that only exists to pleasure this one particular yeah. man. Uh, I feel like I would be outraged by this. Maybe though. you know maybe sometimes I like you skip on Netflix accidentally. Yeah. yeah maybe, well, that's I, that's okay because it's not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I don't and think then I saw that one. the interesting twist that happens is that she is woken up early and imprints on Picard accidentally. Uh, but she still goes through with her mission to live with this other man because she's imprinted Picard's sense of value and honor and duty. So she knows that she has to go do this thing to to be part of this peace treaty. Um, but yeah, oh. not it's it's a little... That's weird. I don't know. Though. For a show that's so great about women's rights, this one makes is a little uncomfortable for me. Well, I'm assuming they were trying to bring up the point, like, what if that's just what your society was about? Like, or what if, like, that's right. what she wants to do, technically. Right. But just do you it know? Do it with a man, you know? Yeah. It's because we don't have uh, as much of a history of women being treated that way by society in general. I think it's a it's an intriguing concept that would, and in sci-fi, would have been better developed if it were a male character, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, and I know that's not, like, equal opportunity um, objectification, which I am a fan of. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes you have to go the other way because the wrong thing has been done so many times. Yeah. And no, you have to be aware sense. of that. Yeah. So I'm not wild about this one. We're in a little like end of season lull for me. Next episode is uh, Imaginary Friend. Uh, this one's, I like this that was one. Decent. It's I like decent. this yeah, one. Yeah, I like it, but it's not like. I like the actress great. that played the Imaginary Friend. Yeah. Was, as like, the really Enterprise. Terse. As the Enterprise explores a nebula, a little girl's imaginary friend becomes terrifyingly real. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's a little slow, I think. It I like is. the I like the concept that there's this little girl who has an imaginary friend who suddenly becomes real because an alien has scanned her brain and created a visual yeah. representation, but no one else can see it because it keeps hiding. Uh, and no one believes the little what girl. What was the point of this episode? Like, they found out that, like, they were being jerks to the little kid and they had to explain to the girl, like... The alien girl that wasn't really a girl. Um, that that's just how they take care of their children, like by sending yeah. rules for them. Yeah, the alien girl's like you yeah. ignore her and you don't listen to her and you I, don't let her do what she wants to do. Yeah, this yeah. one I feel like the the moral of this one is a little ambiguous. Yeah, I'm try. I was having trouble figuring out what the point was. Like, yeah, it's it's a fine episode. It's, yeah. I don't have a problem with it. It's a but fine episode. It's a fine episode. <laughs> but so let's let's breeze through it to Iborg number twenty three. Oh, that's a good one. Tiffin's favorite of yeah, the season. Yeah, it's a really good one. Yeah, absolutely in my in my top list of next generation, which I say all the time without actually having made a list. So <laughs> someday I will have to do that. But uh, the the memory alpha description the the discovery of an injured adolescent Borg brings to the surface hard feelings for both Captain Picard and Guinan for what the Borg collective have done to them. Matters are complicated when plans to use the young Borg to destroy his people are halted when it is discovered that the Borg has become an individual. Mm -hmm. So just by being around Geordi and becoming friends with Geordi and being cut off from the hive and mind. being cut off from the hive mind, yeah. this Borg becomes an individual. Yeah, uh, this is one of the most complicated, complex stories of the whole series, where you take your big bad the Borg and you humanize them. Yeah. And a lot of people actually hate this episode because of because it humanizes the Borg. And it makes you feel a little bit guilty when you are when the Borg come back later and you're like, you know, mowing them down with phasers. It's like, well, but if we just cut them all off from the collective, they could become individuals, you yeah. know? And 
the actor who plays Hugh, who I, I'm going to have to look up his name because I just don't know. Um, he was on the show once before in season three when Data, uh, the episode The Offspring, when Data creates Lol. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, remember what there was? Uh, oh, no, no, I'm doing this wrong. That was a guy who was in a different episode in season two. I take it back. <laughs> what is what is this actor's name? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look him up. Uh, Evan says, tough for me not to pick Iborg over Dor- Darmok. They're both so amazingly awesome. Yeah, that is, it is tough. Darmok gives me the chills a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> I like Darmok more, I think, but I really do like Iborg. Yeah, I, I'm not sure which one I like more, but I do know that, I think as a whole, Iborg is maybe a more entertaining, compelling mm-hmm. hour of TV, but I feel like Darmok gets, is, it starts slow and builds to something bigger that's like so powerful. Uh, so yeah, hard, hard to say. I Hugh, there we go. Uh, Jonathan Del Arco played Hugh, and he did something else on. Let me see what else he did. Oh, he was in Voyager as Phantom in the episode The Void. Not what I was thinking of. Anyway, uh, so Jonathan Del Arco is incredible as Hugh. He brings so much like compassion and um, just like pathos to this character, and so much innocence. Yeah, and- I love when he's like. Goodbye, Jordy. I will try to remember you. Yeah. <laughs> I was and like, he gives oh. him that look at the very end, like, like he no. sees him and maybe remembers him. Um, yeah. It's interesting to me that Jordy always becomes friends with the more mechanical things. Yeah. Like the Enterprise, like Data, like Hugh. Uh, and, and he has such a hard time with dating. So it's, inter- it's interesting. Like Jordy's so, so cool, but has such a hard time with human interaction. Uh, but he needs a sexy android lady. Yeah, this 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 episode epitomizes what I love about Star Trek, which is long talky scenes that you're just riveted to. It's like, yeah. oh my god, what is Guinan gonna say to Hugh? You know, <laughs> and then Guinan has this talk with Picard. It's like, oh my god, what is Guinan <laughs> gonna time say to it's Picard? About Guinan, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then Picard <laughs> talks to Hugh at the end, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so I just like can't. It's just so, so gripping and yeah. entertaining and it has so, so much at stake. It's, and I just love it. I love yeah, it so much. It's a really pretty episode. Locutus. Yes, I am Locutus of Borg. Why are you here? This is a primitive culture. I am here to facilitate its incorporation. Another of my absolute favorites of the season is next. The next phase, episode 24. Jordy, LaForge, and Ensign Rowe are believed dead after a transporter malfunction. However, they soon discover that their state may not actually be death. So this is like ghost in space. Yeah. Patrick Swayze, ghost in space. I really, really liked this one. And this is when I realized, I was like, I really like Ensign Rowe. Like, this is the one where like, I was like, fuck yeah, she's tight. I have to share this comment. Evan just said, the sunlight is coming through the window and hitting Jeff in a most amazing way. That's awesome. I wonder how I look. Do I look, do I look cool? <laughs> you do look cool. Oh, I do look cool. I'm like burying my face in the microphone so no one can see me. That's, I'm going to try to sit back. Take a picture of myself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Evan, what have you done? I've created a monster. Glorious. Um, so I love this episode. This For a while, I used to say this was my absolute favorite episode, which is so... I mean, then I watched the show again. I'm like, I like so many of these. So many yeah, of these, so much, it's hard so to say. Blah, blah, blah. I am sober, I swear. But something <laughs> so about um, being on the 
being on a knife edge between life and death is a fascinating premise to me. Like What Dreams May Come was a movie that I really, really liked. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah, so exploring death is something that I'm fascinated with. And this episode, uh, along with Where Silence Has Lease and, and Season 2, are the two episodes of the series that really kind of go deep into death. Like, what does it mean to die? How do you celebrate someone's life? Uh, like, Ro thinks that she's dead. Jordy thinks he's alive. I love, I love it. I love, I love Jordy's, I love their memorial service stuff. Yeah. Like the big Data's, band Data playing. sets up the big yeah. band. Data's just got like the right attitude about it's it. It's so great. And it's exactly, he, he set up something that he thought Jordy would like and he was like, right. You yeah. Know? Totally. He was totally dead on. <laughs> yeah. And then you get those scenes of them like running through the ship and going through walls and shit and like running through uh, other people's quarters and you yeah. get a sense of what life is like on the enterprise in a way you haven't before like with that lady with that like metallic towel and i was like how yeah. does that thing absorb anything that's so many bullshit. of their blankets are metallic so <laughs> I'm like, weird. that's bullshit yeah i call bullshit 10 out of 10 a plus episode <laughs> the one thing about it is why don't they fall through the floor when i realized this <laughs> when i realized this it kind of broke the episode for me i was like it's just so brilliant so well done and i'm like wait a second they just like push that Romulan out through the window into space. Why don't they fall through the floor? <laughs> and then it was broken. Um, I totally forgot about the next episode. Another, maybe the best episode ever also. Uh, they're all the best episodes ever. This is ever. so hard to pick. The Inner Light, guys. We haven't talked about the Inner Light. Which one's that one? That's the one where Picard lives an entire lifetime <gasps> in an hour. Oh, I loved that. It was oh. 25 minutes and I 25 loved minutes, yeah. it. So I loved that one. Great. And I also was thinking about it on my way here when I was walking. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I think that I would like do that on purpose. I would be happy to live another lifetime in the middle of my lifetime. Interesting. I think. I, uh, Trisha doesn't understand it either why they fell through the floor. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel. About, I mean, it's so complicated. It's yeah. so complex. I it's would like, do it. I, I would mean, do it. I, I feel like Picard came back to his old self a little fast for my taste. Uh-huh. I would have liked to see him need some sort of therapy to remember who he was. Right. Uh, but... I love this episode. This yeah. is one one of the most emotionally powerful moments. It was really, it was beautiful. At the end yeah. when his wife comes back to tell him what she was. And he's like, not even listening to her because he's just like saying her name over and over yeah. again. Uh, his real life son played his son in this episode. Aww. This is such a special hour of TV. Yeah. It's like, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to say that this is my favorite episode of Next Generation because... It's so different than the rest of the show. Right. But this episode, I feel like, uh, captures the essence of what Star Trek is capable of as far as emotional impact mm -hmm. and getting you to like value your own life, you know? Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. I, yeah. And that. Uh, I, I cried when <laughs> he's like, I need to ask your permission to build something. And she's oh. like, oh, what? And he, he's, she's like, you don't have to, you never ask me for permission. He's like, I think I have to ask you about this thing. And yeah. like, he's, she's like, well, what is it? And he's like, a nursery. And yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And like this, Picard's never <laughs> been a family so man. Cute. He's never oh. been a family man. He's never been interested. He doesn't yeah. even like kids. Yeah. But, uh, but he accepts this life eventually. Yeah. And can you imagine how hard that must have been for him to accept that? Yeah, that's crazy. Because he's such a logical person. 
So I, I'll bet he never really truly accepted it, you know, yeah. but he just like made the best of it because he's Picard and that's what you got to do. Yeah. And, you know, that woman was very kind to him and loved she him She was amazing, lot, yeah. you know. That's what this launching is. A probe that finds me in the future. Yes, my love. Trisha asks, did it affect his ability to relate to children in future episodes? It, I, I don't want to answer that question because Audrey's still, uh, excuse me, because Jeff is still watching through the show. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say that this does, this does change him. Yeah. You know? And we'll talk about how it changes him when we, when we watch season six. Yeah. Which I'm really excited for. Uh, okay. But that he's bring- already learned a lot about dealing with children at this point. Yeah, totally. Um, I have to mention the uh, the Resican flute song. So this is one of my favorite pieces of, of cinematic music. The da na 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 da da da. The thing I started, that he's playing at I the end. I started too high. I couldn't sing that. High. Yeah, the thing that he <laughs> learns to really play pretty, in the middle yeah. and then plays again at the end over like the shot of the Enterprise going through space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so several. I don't think you weren't there. It was uh, John. I think Naomi was there. I went with Tiffin and Montour. Uh, we went to this live Star Trek concert at, oh, at the I Paramount. Oh, I didn't go to that. Yeah, I it was amazing. When that happened. And they they had a live orchestra playing stuff over footage from the shows. And at one point, somebody played this song. Oh, cool! Over footage from this episode, and it was like my heart was like, oh, that sounds beautiful. Like, it's a really way pretty up high song. In my chest. I liked it yeah. a lot. Uh, oh, Miles! Miles wants back on the couch. Come here. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Miles joining us. Miles. Miles can only abide not being in the center of attention for so long. <laughs> Man, so we we have made it to the last episode of season five. Nice. Times Arrow, part one. An engineering team finds evidence of an alien presence on Earth in 19th century San Francisco. Data's severed head buried 500 years earlier. Intriguing. Uh, this, I think, um, is my favorite two-parter. Maybe well. I was gonna say I actually season. really enjoyed the first one, and I'm eager to see the next one. It is. I, I I also just like love how he deals with being in that time period, and like it's just so great. And you know, I'm a sucker for data data episodes. You know, so like yeah. I'm like, give me a two parter about data, and I'll probably be into it. You yeah. Know? Like as far as the cliffhangers go, this is definitely my favorite. Yeah. Even though I love Beth, best of both worlds. This this has a charm to it that is like unparalleled on the series. Ooh, excuse me. Um, I will yeah. say maybe my favorite two parter is actually the last episode. The last episode of the show is I, I'm not going to talk about it all right now. But anyway, so um, Shut up. I, I'm. It's so hard for me not. To, I know I've spoiled a couple things that I hope. I hope you don't notice. I'll probably like forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to um, be honest. So. Yeah, so Time Zero Part 1. This is such a quirky episode. Mark Twain is in this episode. It's so it's silly. It's so bizarre. It is but so it works. Silly. But usually Guiding I hate that kind of friends with Mark Twain, and it's great. Usually I hate that kind of thing, but like, I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's Data, and I really like that. But like, yeah. it's really cute. Yeah, seeing Data pretend he's a Frenchman and that he's wearing his pajamas <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> and not just that, but like the uh, the other story... Of them like finding this cave with these weird creatures in it who are sucking the life force out of humans from from Earth in the past. Yeah. So cool. What a cool story. It's so <laughs> like unique and original. And I've seen a couple things that are similar to this after this. But I mean I'd never I'd never heard any story even remotely similar before then. And it's such a great such a great story. It's like so entertaining. Yeah. Uh Data and Guinan are like the comedy duo 
of the stars. <laughs> They're just wonderful together. I love it. Yeah. I love it. This just, is like before she's met him. So like. Right. Yeah. And then also like paying off the, the, the backstory of Guinan from season two, they've talked about how she has this deep relationship with Captain Picard. Yeah. And they, they don't tell you what it is. Yeah. But then in this episode, she tells him, you have to be on this mission. Or else you won't meet me. Yeah. yeah. And like all else is like, oh shit. Like, we're going to find is this some it? shit out. Is this it? Oh. Is this the thing? And then it ends. And then it ends. So we won't even find out yeah. until season six begins. Oh no. How yeah. will I wait all summer? <laughs> yeah and that's and that's it man that is season five of next generation yeah dude we'll save we'll we'll talk much more about time zero when we talk about part two because i i'm i don't want to like spoil something accidentally for you by talking about it because i'm not spoil it either i'm not sure i remember exactly like where the episode break is but let's talk about uh just the season as a whole incredible season of next gen um, it was very good. I enjoyed very it. Very high on my list. I feel like seasons three, four, five, six, and seven are all like so good. Really? Yeah. That it's hard to kind of distinguish. Yeah. I think season five was stronger than season four. I think I think season three was and five are about as strong as each other. Season four maybe uh, was a little more like business as usual. Yeah. Where they didn't necessarily push the boundaries of what the show could do, but it was awesome the whole way through. Yeah. I feel like season five was really pushing things. I really things. enjoyed season five a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, just in as much as like I didn't always figure out what was going to go, what was going to happen. And that's always like cool for me. As a first time viewer, how did this hold up? To season four? Just in to TV now. Oh, TV? Um, very well, I'd say. It's good. Uh, TV is definitely more, um, they don't take as much time with it anymore, I feel like. Unless mm. you, I mean, unless it's something like Westworld is great about that it's i think the pacing's really good breaking bad took its damn time to get yeah places, but it i was haven't awesome. seen that but i hear that that's like a thing with that so like yeah. yeah i feel like they did take a little more space and stuff to really establish things but at the same time like the the episode where they're in that temporal cause and effect the I- the- no, 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 no. Sorry, wrong one. The one where Roe, Ensign Roe and Jordy LaForge are uh, invisible. Oh, the next phase. Yeah. The next phase. Uh, they took a lot of time showing us that they they kept like accidentally like hitting stuff and like, you know, going through it and stuff. I'm like, yeah, we get it. They're invisible. No one can see them. You don't have to spend more time on this. <laughs> huh. Yeah, but those are the best parts of the yeah. episode, you know? <laughs> Like those are the best moments. And They're I always love that. surprised by it. They keep like testing it and being like, "Oh, it happened again." <laughs> I'm still see through. <laughs> yeah, I was see through before. I'm still see through, and nothing has changed. Yeah, like you know, but and, and but, they like touch each other, and it's like, oh, at least you're real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh oh, interesting. Jeff Snodgrass. Holy shit! Long time no see. We went to. Middle school together. Oh, cool. Middle school or high middle school. I could never get into any Star Trek episodes, even though I've tried so hard to like it. Which ones should I start with? Fuck, that's a hard question. Well, uh, I liked all. The, I liked the ones that you showed me from season five before. I, I think had I showed you it. Disaster, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, I think you showed me Disaster and Darmok and the Androgynous one. So yeah, I would recommend if you've never if you tried and you don't like Star Trek, I would watch something a little more intriguing a little less emotional i think disaster is a great choice in season five i think cause and effect is a great choice Uh, i really really like the defector from season three because 
Uh, although that one might, it's a little political. That one's too deep in the politics. Yeah. For, for I showed starter. that to Jean because she was trying to get into Star Trek and I had it in my head that that'd be a good place to start. And it was maybe a little, um, a little too political. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think disaster is like, I don't know. Cause like the thing with disaster is that you have to see how the ship works before you see how it breaks. I, yeah. I don't you know? know if disaster would be a good one to start with. Honestly, I want a good ensemble piece. Yeah. Uh, best of both worlds part one is is intense what happens in that that's one? the lacutus of borg but that's like no i i because no, the best no. episodes are the ones that you can only appreciate <laughs> jeff says yes middle school and your beard was magical then too thank you <laughs> thank you jeff snodgrass <laughs> um yeah that's such a tough i've i've been oh, asked this a couple times i know i accidentally picked up both For of my jay mugs i i i did not buy Shh. either of these people give me jay oh, mugs oh i it's thought very, you were gonna say exciting. i didn't do that on purpose yes <laughs> you did Shut up. um man so you know what episode i fucking adore which is a, also a terrible choice but i love it is contagion from season one where the those weird worms get into the, the Heads of Starfleet people. Oh, that one's good. I'm not contagious. What I'm saying, conspiracy. Excuse me, conspiracy. It's a super fun episode. It's really early in the show. It's kind of gory and awesome and like weird. Uh, I think probably the best way to go is maybe have like a curated list of episodes from the beginning yeah. that you can watch. Actually, maybe watch the Naked Now. The Naked Now uh, episode two. Because that's the one where everyone gets drunk. That's that a fun episode. That's a fun episode. It's ridiculous. It was made as a second <laughs> pilot because people were upset about how uh, sort of like, uh, heavy-handed the first episode was. Like the network wanted something light. Oh. And it it also ties into Star Trek history because it like the Naked Time, the episode of the original series where the same like people got drunk in the same <sighs> way. Um, oh, I need you more know, weed. Yeah. May, may any of those if any of those sound good to you, Jeff. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, I don't think we helped you at all. I'd probably not. But um, um, just check it out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just try. Yeah. Well, oh, let's wrap this goodness. shit up. It's, the sun is coming through the window now. Uh, this is the fastest we've ever done a season. Like just yeah. about two hours, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Because it's taken us upwards of four hours before. And it's I know. Like, it, it, it got overwhelming. We're usually drinking at that point, though, yeah. I feel like. Totally. When we did season two, we were like drinking in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just you and I. I'm trying to be like a little more health conscious now and just nice. maybe smoke weed during the day. Yeah. I've uh, <laughs> I've smoked weed in the last handful of podcasts and I I like listening to myself better when I'm sober. Cool. You know, I, I feel like I connect the dots better to all the sci-fi things I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but if I have a migraine, you better believe I'm going to smoke some weed before I record. Fuck and that's yeah. that's what I use it for now. Fuck yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I, if I'm having a down day and I want to be up, it's nice to have that in my back pocket. Yeah. But I prefer, I, I really like podcasting sober. It's so much fun. Cool. I love it. Anyway, this was so fun though. Like doing it live, this went great. I loved it. Yeah, it went I loved it. actually maybe even like better than I had hoped. Thank yeah. you so much to people who are watching. We had Thank an audience. You, the, once we realized that we weren't streaming originally, uh, we had an audience the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we did. At least yeah. like four people. Yeah, like between like yeah. four and seven people yeah. the whole time. It was it's awesome. Good. So thank you. And thank you so much for, for calling in, Dan DeRozier, yeah. and for chatting. All the people who chatted, Tr Trisha, yeah, Mark, for being Evan, a part of Jeff. It, you guys. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do this again for season six you know keep keep an eye out yeah. and catch me later on daniel derosier's 
uh, pod, uh, podcast uh, with me and Daniel DeRozier on the Sunday show at seven tonight, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. I'll uh, tweet about it and I will also post about it and you'll be able to find us easily. And thank you for having me, Jesse Mercury. Always. Thank you so much for coming. I always I always love having you on the show. You're the best. <laughs> you are. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. All right. Yeah. Let's uh do Sweet. the thing. Let's get offline now. Yeah. There you go, my friends. A supersized episode today. Normally I cut up the TNG seasons into multiple episodes, but uh, it was all ready to go this week, so figured I'd give it to you all in one giant dump. And there you go. I was convinced to leave the original live stream up on Facebook, so that is archived on my Facebook page. You can go watch it anytime. Facebook.com slash sci-fi.jessemercury. That's where I'm at. If you send me a friend request and I don't know you personally, make sure you send me a message and tell me you're a podcast listener so that I will accept your friend request. Because I, I ignore everything from people who look shifty shifty folk out there on the on the interwebs facebook does offer a subscribe feature for uh, just regular profile pages like mine so you can subscribe without friend requesting me but you might you might as well uh you know send me a message tell me who you are i'd love to hear from you and i'd love to be your friend buddy <laughs> seeing seeing as this was our first experience into uh live broadcasting one of these podcasts we had several technical difficulties uh we actually started recording and went for about 15 20 minutes not realizing that we were not even broadcasting so i've cut out all of that nonsense and i put it together into a sort of comedy of errors episode for my premium podcast uh the sci-fi project podcast so if you're one of my patreon supporters at two dollars a month or more you can access that special episode that came out today you can also hear in that episode what I did when I was by myself when, when Jeff went to the bathroom. Uh, it's embarrassing. So I'm putting that behind a paywall. So you have to support me to hear it. You can find that at patreon.com slash sci-fi project. Extra, extra special thank you to Andy Elhadif, my newest Patreon supporter. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. She will actually be coming on the show very soon, watching Star Wars for the first time. I finally found someone who, who knows nothing about Star Wars who I can show Star Wars to for the first time. Something I've been dying to do for quite a while. Uh, I, she's seen uh, episode four, but she was very, very young and she barely remembers it. And she's seen uh, The Force Awakens, but that's it. So she's never seen Empire Strikes Back, never seen Return of the Jedi, never seen any of the prequels. And I am just so excited to uh, to enlighten her. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week. Check out my website, jessemercury.com, if you want to hear my sci-fi synth pop. Uh, of course, I do have a song about Star Trek The Next Generation called Traveler that I am infinitely in love with. It's fucking wonderful. And you can also find uh, the other 69 episodes of this podcast, which now has 70 motherfucking episodes. It's pretty cool. Uh, you can also find my other podcast, Sci-Fi on Trial, at scifionetrial.com. Write me an email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com if you have something you want to share or uh, share with me or share with the, the podcast listeners. Do me a solid, leave us a positive rating and review on iTunes. Helps us show up in search results and climb the charts. I want to be the number one sci-fi podcast in the entire interweb. That would make me very happy. If you remember several episodes back, Ryan Casey and Pete GK stopped by to, to try to teach me how to play role-playing games. 
we actually sat down and played uh, the two. The two of them came by, as well as Douglas Gale and Naomi Adele Smith, who you've heard on this show before. We had an epic game of Star Wars: Edge of the Empire, where none of us really knew what we were doing, and it had a total blast. That's going to be on the podcast next week. And until I see you then, do your very best for me to stay nerdy out there. See you soon.